Uh, I've been meaning to ask you, do like, because it's just in, in in my head, like I, I can't tell what is weirder. Um, uh, but like, so you know, as your as your kid is growing up, right? Is is it weirder to like shower with them or breastfeed mm. with them when they're like kind of getting too old? Like, is mm. what, what's weirder to you? Um, ew, both. Oh well, I mean, it's, it's interesting <laughs> you said that because like. I haven't done either with either of my children. Right. Well, mom, like lately, you and your my mom, yes. You're, yeah, you're me mom. and my mom, like she breastfeeds <laughs> me in the shower, and I'm like, one of these needs to stop. In the shower. <laughs> That's a long ass drive that you're going just for your breast milk and showers. I mean, is that, it's like a, a it keeps a, me a, strong, a tri- Adam. It's a tri weekly trip all the way to, I forget, they're in Beaumont. No, they're in <laughs> Nevada. They live in Nevada. Nevada. Even farther. Holy yeah. moly. It's like you got to go get your breast milk, take a shower, hit the casinos, go to a Raiders game, <laughs> and then you come home. Yeah. I mean, that's like a busy weekend. Well, you know, I don't eat meat anymore, as you were right. very proud to remind me off air. <laughs> so, you know, I need to get my nutrients somewhere, dude. I know. Now you now you got your antibiotics. Exactly. Covering up I, for the fact. You're not now that I protein. don't have my antibiotics from farm-grown meat, you know, where else am I going <laughs> to get them from? That's right. A little old lady in Nevada. Adam. Exactly. How are you doing today, buddy? <laughs> well, we missed last week, much to my, my discord. Um, so I, I know we're, we're catching up. There's so many albums, Mike. I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by the potential greatest album of the year. Trash Terror boat. Boy. Don't oh. you feel amazing? <laughs> I sure I'm do. So, I'm so sorry, Mike. I'm so, <laughs> we'll just jump right into it now. We'll just our review now. <laughs> I, I told you like this band's pretty good. And then you listen to the new album as opposed to the previous albums. Well, I figured the really new album idea. might be a great way to jump into this band, you know? And now I have no interest in doing it. <laughs> Usually, like when that happens with the band, you can jump into one album and then go backwards. But apparently not with Trash Boat because they decided <laughs> to do it all backwards. <laughs> right. I do not know what happened. I'm like, it's just I listened to those first two albums in the week leading up to 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 the opioid crisis of the trash boat land mm-hmm. um and i was just like wow this, this stuff is pretty good it's not like greatest album of all time kind of stuff but like this band seems to be on a good trajectory into their third album and then i'm like whoa i know everybody hated it from first listen in the community but i was like no i'm gonna keep on listening <laughs> until i understand this album better and I, it, I never got it. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and that's the, the, uh, that's 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 been my week with Trash Boat. <laughs> I know those first two albums are in in comparison leaps and bounds better. Than, are, is it than, worth going back to those two? I they're pretty good. The first album is really good. I thought it's like an eight out of ten for me. Crown Shyness was a lot of people's favorites. I know Daniel liked that one. Uh, um, awesome mixed podcast i forgot oh god <laughs> not brandon one of them but the other one oh i'm like totally blanking on his name robert brand brandon and <laughs> i'm gonna say jt for some reason jt right. <laughs> yes zach zach 
It's his number two album of all time was Crown Shyness. So, um, yeah, I mean, this this band has has been a lot of people's favorite stuff for the past couple of years. And I thought they were pretty good. But this was not not anything anyone should hear. Yeah. To it's be fair, suitable. there are moments of great uh, of amazing stuff in here there's there's mo there's oh yeah. this, is, this is a really good bridge or this is a really good hook and then you know we get songs like alpha omega i don't know what i, I don't remember hearing a hook anywhere throughout the album especially you're an idiot fucking idiot yeah you're an idiot fucking you're idiot. A fucking idiot <laughs> and then the, all the right. whole second track was about like all, all you know shut up or i'll knock you out like mm-hmm. <laughs> this band is like very much an emo hardcore-ish band on their first two albums. So, so, so they became like an East Coast hardcore punk band. Exactly. With like a Boston Manor flair to them. Yeah. So, man. They're from St. Albans, England. Are they, okay, I wasn't sure if they were English or Australian. I couldn't remember. <laughs> um, but I had no interest in researching that. And it's, yeah, I, I feel bad for Mike more than anybody else who listened to this <laughs> I'm album. the real victim here. <laughs> I, I had know, to jump in at Don't You Feel Amazing. <laughs> Welcome to one of the lists, Trash Boat. You've made yeah. one of the lists. Like, I seriously, I, this might be a zero. Like, I, I, don't give out, I don't give out zeros. Yeah, like, that's not a willy-nilly thing from you, dude. I think I might have leaned towards giving a one, maybe a two, by, by the eighth listen. I gave I mean, it that everyone much Everyone knows that, like, I mean, you... This, this past week on Discord, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't shut up about how much you loved Alpha Omega and how much that <laughs> song spoke to you personally as a human being. So much speakings. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, I've only given out one zero and that was that Cruel Hand album back in 2010, <laughs> which is just like, I don't, you know, we don't need to listen to that band ever. Right. But, whoa. I don't. Yeah. So I think that's all we got to say. We're not going to talk about Trash Boat anymore. Yeah. But but I do have to ask, do you think it's worth it checking out those previous two albums? You guys I, talk about it a lot. Like They seem to be the bar, favorites. The bar has been set very low for you. So I think you're probably going to enjoy them. It's <laughs> nothing but bit. up from here now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, and then then you can just be disappointed by album three. Cool. But I know there's a, there's a lot of like good stuff on those first two all right i was i i have them ready to go and i was considering at least checking them out this past week but i was like i can't (laughs) (laughs) no this is like leaps and bounds in the wrong direction okay Um, so yeah i I think you would probably enjoy those two at least a fair amount okay i I don't think they're going to be like greatest albums of the year or anything all right well it's a very busy September coming up, even a very busy week coming up this Friday so as no well. Rush. So if if we no have rush. any lull, I'll check out the first two albums from <laughs> from Trash Boyt. Um, but and, uh, I mean, either way, it doesn't it doesn't change my opinion of the band if you listen sure. to them or not. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm I'm right where you're at right now. <laughs> it's a very rare occasion on the Skinny with Mike and Adam that we both dislike an album so much we have to just talk about it right away get it out of our Yikes. system so that we Yikes. can go into the rest of this album in peace thank you for joining us on this week's episode folks uh we got a, a few more albums to discuss uh later in the episode on the second half of the episode uh but this week we got another discord topic um 
brought to you brought to you by the good the good folks on the skinny discord channel uh, this one was brought to us by dave friend of the show longtime friend of the show and uh i'm surprised we've never thought to do this because i i feel like it's so obvious in hindsight that you know you and i we've been we've been dads for like varying amounts of years right so uh, long for so, so long. long it's been a lot a, of just the, like the longest blink of an eye the just, they I, grow I up stop. so fast. Ha 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 ha. Still uh, blinking. <laughs> still blinking. Still <laughs> blinking. But, uh, you know, the various people that we talk to in Discord, some of them are new fathers as well. So a lot right. of the entertainment they're going to be consuming. Uh, and so those, those of us who have been fathers for quite a while, those the entertainment that we've been consuming comes from the, the little known corporation known as Disney and the many movies and TV shows and and various other acquisitions, the Star War, the Marvel, you know, yes. and, and and so Disney's going to be inundated in our lives, uh, you know, from here on out, even from years past as well. So probably but, someday the DC as well. They're just going to merge the two. I keep, I keep, th- I, 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 no joke, dude. I think Disney's going to buy DC one day. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no reason for them not to. Yeah, they might as well become the monopoly. And just make all the crossover movies that will make billions of dollars. And, and, and that I think I think if Disney does buy DC, that would be the only viable way we'd ever get a, a Justice League versus Avengers movie, which I think I'm, will I'm happen in out, my life. Well, go ahead. I'm holding out for the Kylo Ren versus Batman saga movie. Like, the, Ooh, the who's the who's the saddest boy in black? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like episode, <laughs> you know, six point seven five is going to be kylo ren fighting young anakin or something like that i mean oh. you know they, 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 you know that they were like going to college together probably like dorm mates on some distant planet mm-hmm. and you know then they're like they fall in love with a girl they can't have the girl drugs are involved well we already um, saw part of that prequel story when kylo ren like fell in love with black widow and then they had a falling out. Oh, and man. that was a, that, still that one was, of the funniest was... moments of this fucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, <laughs> Reviewing I that weird Star Wars movie. <laughs> that was, I mean, they really went in a weird, like, suburban direction with that. Yeah. So I don't get it. I was Maybe... expecting a space opera. No, I wasn't expecting the opera of the soul, bro. Suburban slash Broadway musical theme? <laughs> I mean,. <laughs> Because he's Kylo like Ren sort of can bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that happened. You know Anakin and um, Kylo Ren. I mean, they've. The, the, I'm sure they. They or no, sorry, Bruce Wayne. Right. And, I was about to Anakin. say before we before we get the corrections uh, at the end of this episode. <laughs> uh, Anakin is Kylo Ren's grandfather. Right. Right. So that's what I'm going with. Either Anakin versus Bruce Wayne or Kylo Ren versus Bruce Wayne. I'm not sure which time period lines up in which. Uh, level of the universe is the crossover is coming baby but but like we said but like like i mentioned disney they've been a big part of our lives they're going to be a big part of these new parents lives so why not talk about our top five disney songs it says here disney soundtracks but like no let's not do that i'm not i'm not listening to a bunch of disney soundtracks in one week so our top five (laughs) disney songs right oh my god i wouldn't even think about it like it being a soundtrack man because this this was an extremely difficult list for me because i don't like most songs in these disney movies i'm not you also don't like most movies Uh, yeah 
I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a movie guy. Like you'll watch a movie if you're obligated to, right? But like yes. you're not a movie guy, Adam. No, because sitting silently for two and a half hours is not my thing. I can't do that. It's mm. not that I have attention deficit problems. I'm just like I could be doing other things. Right. Like sitting silently and listening to music. No, I get up and I do things while I listen to music. I parent my children. I play board games. I clean my house. (laughs) I do all sorts of things while I listen to music. I I do my job. Like people are talking to me at my job and I just have my headphones on the whole time. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." not paying attention. Oh man. Same here, baby. You got, you, you, you feel the same way I do about this trash boat album. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I do all sorts of things. You can't do that while you're watching a movie. You can't like clean your house and watch a movie at the same time. (laughs) But regardless of that fact, you still manage to come up with a top five list. So thank you for doing that, Adam. Barely. And it's only because my wife turns these songs on in the car when we're driving and I hear them a little bit more often. So I hear the ones that that bring out the, the, the different emotions in the children. You know, it's all about bringing out that happiness in a child. Okay. As this blinking of an eye going by so quickly. So you went the route <laughs> of like how it makes your children uh, feel. Again, no. Blink, uh, no blink. That, they're, I'm they're, just saying they're, that they're, they're so old, Adam, because they, <laughs> the, the blink of an eye, they age so fast. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so it, it, did, did your children's happiness have anything to do with this list or is it all strictly you? Mm. No, I think this is all strictly me. Oh, good. Point. This is our show. Let's let's be honest here. Our kids aren't going to listen to this show, so they're not going to care. Come on. Exactly. Anyway, Maybe someday. But you know, you like <laughs> you 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 enjoy a song a little bit when you see your child enjoying it. I'm not going to like sit oh, there of course. and say like, "Man, this yeah. is like a great song." It's just like, no, this is just a dumb song that children like. <laughs> it kind of goes. I think back, I narrowed it down. Takes me back. Kind of. I'm sorry. It takes me back to like a few months ago when. Uh, that week when my daughter really liked "Can You Feel uh, Can Can You Feel My Heart" by Bring Me the Horizon, that was like my favorite song for the whole yes. week. I was like, <laughs> "Man, the whole week!" And then they were like, "Dad, the song is so last week." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dad, get on, on TikTok! New... Oh my god, I don't know Olivia Rodrigo. Then buried Bring the, Me the Horizon. Yeah, the one TikTok, Olivia right? Rodrigo song before the album came out. <laughs> got my driver's license last week. And I drove to your house and I said, wow, remember when we talked about doing this? Hey, technically anyway, that's, a, that's a Disney song. Did that make your list? <laughs> Is it? I mean, she's a Disney. Oh, she's a Disney princess in her own right, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I guess she is a Disney princess. Yeah. I was going to say Disney alumni, but whatever. Disney princess. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure her dad was trying to kill me this week by spilling water oh. in front of my office. When I was coming back from the restroom. I'm like, hey, there's a giant pool of water here <laughs> right where i would step to walk into my office and then he like came out of his office with like tissues and <laughs> cleaning it up <laughs> like hey, so thanks olivia rodrigo's me. dad trying to kill a man just, Jeez. just trying to kill me at 7 30 in the morning it's fine <laughs> braver men have done so <laughs> braver men have tried and failed have tried i've tried to kill failed. you lots of times and i've I'm, as I you can, as you can tell i've failed many times failed. but uh I just keep hopping over that water <laughs> But uh, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, you know, the, in hindsight, this seems like a completely like obvious list that we should have done years ago. But uh, thanks, thanks in part to our good friend Dave on, over on our Discord channel. Please join our Discord channel. The public invite is in the link below in the description and of let this us, episode. Let us plug Dave's podcast. They finally had a new episode for the first time in like five or six months. Oh, go for it. And they talked about music, Mike. 
Isn't that what oh. we talk about? What we should be talking about these days? I hear one of those co-hosts really likes music. I heard at least and he one. never has a na- he never has a nasty thing to say about <laughs> other types of music or people who like music that he doesn't like. I hear it's great. I know. I know. I'm being salty. <laughs> but it was just good to listen to another podcast talk about music for once. Oh, okay. <laughs> other than my <laughs> own. <laughs> Nobody else is doing it <laughs> these days. <laughs> but yes, our our public invite on in our Discord is on our Discord channel is in the description of this episode wherever you may be listening to it. So, please join us again. You don't have to we we have several lurkers. I think we have more lurkers than we do participants of our Discord, but either one is great. Oh, we have we have a good time over there if you care to join us. Uh, but uh, I think without further ado, I think we, we should also like share some of the pick a couple of the picks that we got um, uh, this past week. Like you know, since Dave was the one who came up with this list, uh, he 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 yes. went ahead and shared his top five here. We've got number five, where you are from the movie Moana. Not one that I remember. I've seen Moana twice. Well, then you haven't seen it enough. How many times have you seen Moana? <laughs> Granted that you have the do- you you're the father of two very young girls. I do. I am. I've seen Moana like a bajillion times. Okay. So I and I don't. I, I looked at the name of this song and I'm like, what's where you are in Moana? But then there's like a little moment towards the end, right before she goes to fight Taka, where she has the most delightful moment with her dead grandmother who comes up mm-hmm. out of the ocean and they sing together and she remembers who you are, but I thought it was who you are and not where you are, but oh, whatever. Okay. Um, so that's the song. Then, okay. The song she's singing with her grandma. And it, okay. and it crescendos at the end. And I, of course I have a delightful memory of my now eight year old when she was like, I don't know, five, like belting that song out in the backseat of our car. Adorable. One of those things where she's like busy doing something, but she's also singing the song and she's like, her, her voice is crescendoing with the song. And oh, like Don and so I were just sitting there silently. <laughs> just, <laughs> she was like, I am Moana. <laughs> like, oh, so, so good, cute. dude. I know. love it. So yeah. Th- those little moments, like when our, you know, that, that's, that's, that's the great thing about um like these Disney, like a lot of Disney movies too. Like they're so memorable and part of their memorability is like how great the soundtracks are. So, yeah, when when one sinks their teeth into a child, there's there's few things in the world that are that's more beautiful right. than a child singing a Disney song. I think that was the first movie we took her to where she was like old enough to sit through the whole movie oh, and right not on. just like run up and down the aisles like she had done for numerous other movies we taken her to. And I was just like, <laughs> wow, it was, it's going to be okay, guys. It's going to be okay. <laughs> we can actually have family time. Number four we over here on Dave's list. That ruined everything. <laughs> oh, yes. What's that? Yeah, yes, and then we had another one, and that ruined everything. We oh, no. baby That ruined everything. <laughs> oh, another baby. Right, right. Uh, number four over here on Dave's list. We got a classic. You've got a friend in me. Uh, I know. You know classic see, from for, every for, Toy Story movie. For guys that are about Dave's age, I can imagine like being a little kid and growing up with this with this movie. I don't know how old Dave was when Toy Story came out. He might have been not born yet, but <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. He also might have been. He might have been like three. So for me, seeing that movie at seventeen, I was just like, "What a hokey gay little song." <laughs> and then, and then you know, 
however many years now, 25 years go by. And I like, finally I, I listened to the lyrics of it and I was like, Oh my God, this is so wonderful. I know um, it's such an it's emotional <laughs> little ditty. It's, 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 it's one of those songs that sinks their teeth into you. It's, it's a classic for a reason, right? It's, it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's memorable. It's got, you know, it's got that kind of dopey little cadence from the rain. Right. You <laughs> but you know, that's part of the, that's part of its charm. You know, I love LA. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite we choice song, I, know, I know i know so I, I i didn't realize how like emotional the verses were because i never really heard the verses until like maybe a year ago i was like oh my god this is totally like two best friends and one is a toy and it doesn't exist and i wish andy had real friends but that's okay that's his own <laughs> journey <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely one of those songs that's just kind of it, it, it's just the plot of the movie, but, but, but it's perfectly great, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Except that they try to outcast the toy that's different. You know, that's but you different. have to learn the lesson, Adam. The lesson. The I know. They all learn to love each other. The real friends were the toys we made along the way. Or the friends' mm-hmm. toy. I don't know. Somebody's toys we made along the way. <laughs> Number three, we have Number a three. recent We oh have a, a, a recent banger from uh, one Rip of my- Rip my heart out. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite Pixar movies, uh, Pixar, in my opinion, Pixar is not known for their soundtracks. Like they're, they're, mo- mm. they're, they're more known to me for like their emotional and original concepts and, uh, Coco, a friend uh, in me. Oh, sorry. you got a Coco. <laughs> that's, <right. me. laughs> that's a, that's a Pixar song. So I'm, I'm just saying, it is. Like, yes. you know, it grew on us over 25 years. Absolutely. It did. But, the uh, Coco with the song proud Corazon, that emotional Man. little it's got that spanish the slow spanish guitar it's kind of one of the hearts of that movie of kind of a, a, and it explores one of the themes of that overall movie great stuff literally that's the that's mm. the closing song right that's not the remember me song that's the thread throughout the entire movie right yeah that's the well yeah yeah the version is played or Proud Corazon is played like twice. There's like a slow down version. And then there's like the upbeat, like emotional one, that, the one that makes us cry at the very end at that little montage. Oh, yes. oh the ending version is so good. <laughs> so when, uh, oh. when Coco, when I was watching Coco a million times over and over again was during the summer of hell of 2018. And Yikes. I can remember, you know, amidst chaos of babyhood, trying to sleep on my couch, you know, at two o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, I might get like 27 minutes in right now. Um, and Nora would play this movie on repeat. And like, I would always like wake up when that song was, was on at the end and just being like, wow, what an incredibly emotional ditty of a song. Nice. Um, And then, you know, you you think about, you know, how wonderful family is and how you, all you want to do is avoid family in that moment. (laughs) Look at Adam avoiding his family right now. She's in here right now. He's av- he, he just loves avoiding his family. He's doing so right this moment. Oh my god, my heart. It's so good. And then you like and then you start breaking down like the flaws within the movie and it takes you out of it. But that's okay. That's okay. We don't need to go there. Dare I say today, Coco flawless film. We need a Coco prequel. We need the story of Coco's life, not just her final like five days on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and when you know she, 
this, I'm this just is, saying, like that. Was, no, this that is was, your da- this is your daughter explaining the prequel to Coco, Adam. Like, see, you yeah. you daddy, didn't get the daddy, subtext. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just we're just supposed to assume that she went her entire life um, knowing who her father was, but then never telling anybody who her father was, right. and then not telling her own daughter. We don't. And apparently, Coco liked music the whole time. Yet she lived her entire life. I don't know, pretending like she didn't like music. I, I don't, I'm, I'm very confused. I need more to the story. And then, you know, the just, just that's the, not the point of the story, Adam. I you know. can have a whole episode. Of, I, I can, ex- I can mansplain to you <laughs> the, the plot of Coco if you wish, but that's still another day. Ernesto de la Cruz in real life would not have only one great, great grandson is all I got to say about that. Okay. <laughs> mic drop, mic drop. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> I know a lot about Mexican culture. Mic drop. <laughs> As a proud Mexican man yourself, Adam. Yes. But uh, so number two here on Dave's list. He wouldn't on. just be. He, he wouldn't be like this is my great great grandson, and then he like or I am your great great grandson, and Ernesto would be like, um, which one? <laughs> Not my own. Okay, yeah, it doesn't click one bit. Anyway, anyways, hi. <laughs> we're, we're, we're back. Number two. Number two. <laughs> number two. We're back. Uh, kind of cheating on Dave's point, but he but he let us know that one of them was not a Disney film. This is a Steven Spielberg's We're, We're Back, that dinosaur movie where they're like in modern day New York. Have you ever seen it? You have not I, seen we it. Were, right? We talked about this last weekend. I had never heard of this. I looked it up on Google and I'm like, this does not look familiar at all. This was one that, uh, or something like yeah, that. this is one that my family and I rented from the video store back in the day. And so I think I've only seen this once. I do remember some of the music being pretty good. So I had to go back and re-listen to the song, Roll Back the Rock, which mm. is kind of like the, it's kind of like the song that they use in the trailers. I think it's also the song in the end credits that they use as well, but it's kind of like, it's, it's just kind of like, Hey everybody, we're, we're dinosaurs and we're here. <laughs> Wasn't it like Phil Collins that did the soundtrack for this one? Or I think we that... were looking that up. Yeah, and and, and a lot of the uh, and a lot of like the 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 singing is done by like the cast, like John Goodman and things like that as well. I know John Goodman before he was famous. Correct. Yeah, this is 1993 apparently as well. So Nin- oh, 90. I thought it was 98. Yeah. Okay. Dang. Yeah. So right, this good, is kind of like a. Deep cut, Dave. Deep cut. Yeah, this is a deep cut of a movie. Uh, you don't see a lot of people talking about this one, but uh, yeah. This, I, I I haven't seen this in many years since 1993, but uh, this must be like a early childhood favorite for Dave. So yeah, cool pick. I liked it. I liked the song. Uh, kind of like a jaunty little jazzy tune as well, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, and number one, probably one of the greatest Disney songs ever uh, to come out, <laughs> Make a Man Out of You from Mulan, dude. Man, I had I never knew about this song until, you know, you have a, a, a little girl who wants to be tough mm-hmm. and you turn on Mulan and all of a sudden you're like, what is this song? And I mean, I didn't I didn't know the societal subtext that would soon dominate our culture was was f- formatted. It was in its formative stages. Yes. with The Mulan story. And then you top it off with a Donny Osmond original cut. Make a man out of you. Absolutely, it's not the it's not the guy who does the voice of that character. That's no. Donny Osmond, the one and only. God, it's such a good song, dude. To defeat the Huns, it's so Latter-day good. Saints. Latter-day Saints' own Donny Osmond. Hmm. I'd like to talk to you about our Lord and Savior Donny Osmond. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, this this is one of the highlights of the original '98 Mulan movie. So you it's haven't you, you didn't watch it back in the day. 
No, because this one, I, I, when Mulan came out in the late nineties, right? Ninety eight. Yeah. Okay. Like I basically Lion King was where I cut myself off from okay. Disney movies in 1994. Cause I was like, okay, I'm no longer a child. I'm going to put away childish things. Yeah. I would yeah. like to gain vagina one day. So this watching was Disney one, movies. Yeah. This was, was one of the movies vagina. where like, I was still like, <laughs> I think I'm too old for this kind of stuff now, but like, I still watch <laughs> this movie and again, great movie. But um, yeah, th- but this is around the time that I was like, you know, I should start growing up a little bit. I'm not a baby. I'm not a baby. Girls don't like guys who watch Mulan in their free time. I mean, it's just, it wasn't a thing. <laughs> Learn a little bit about like early feminist myth, you know, you know, girls don't right. like that, you know? Right. Cause, and you know, <laughs> the whole uh, opening song, you bring honor to us all. I mean, yes. you know, some would say, some could say that that wasn't the most culturally sensitive type of song. No, uh, but the also I mean, in the, in the themes it? of that I'm not song, sure. also in yeah, the themes of that the song, it's, it's supposed to juxtapose to a song like this. I'll make a man out of you, you know, exactly. gender roles, Adam. <laughs> are we gonna talk about them let's talk about gender roles so yeah thank you to dave and, and then and then we got another one from our, our friend weeks over on discord as well Weez. we'll go through these uh as much as we can or as fast as we can number five uh, he also mentioned that like three or four of his top five could be just from the lion king and i agree and i considered putting a bunch <laughs> of lion king songs on my top five as well but number five can you feel the love tonight from the lion king uh, great song. Elton good. John did all the songs on the soundtrack. I believe he helped out, helped out with the score as well. But uh, it was great during that that year that he took off from making an album. Oh right! Oh well, out. he'd made an album. He had the fucking Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> right. That was like the first year that he didn't make a, a like an official solo album mm-hmm. from between 1971 and then. So yeah, the guy put a lot of effort into that one. So yes, can you feel the love tonight? I mean. Eh. It's it's a good song, not my favorite in the world, but yeah, it's it's, it's a good not song. my favorite. It's a, it's not my favorite from that movie. We'll get there, mm. but uh, it's, it's still is definitely like a memorable song. It's 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 the one that he would also um, sing himself in one the in the closing credits, and also I, I believe that crossed over into one of his albums. I believe because Elton possible. John's music was very prominent in my house growing up before my dad found out he was gay <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden <clears throat> elton john music no more but that's a story no for more. another time anyway okay. so uh can back you, to this, abba he goes back to abba <laughs> 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 uh but uh yeah this is this, this is one of the most memorable songs on from that movie and on that soundtrack and uh this one also the song that made me sexually confused as a young lad because this is the <laughs> song this is the this is the one where like nala gives simba those like fuck me eyes and, oh yeah like oh, yeah. oddly erotic dude oddly. i am this, this is probably not something i should be saying on a public forum but like because no. i mean when we weirdly when we... turned on by like that weird sex fuck me face that like nala I know. makes i know i mean we'll talk more about that <laughs> with weeks is number four in a minute but no that moment like i, I it doesn't do anything for me but I can understand how it could do something for somebody. <laughs> I know. And I know, I don't know, just, I don't know, what I know just I saying that will make this next sentence. I say unbelievable, yes. uh, or you won't believe me when I say this, but like, I've never been a furry. I've never had an interest in being a furry, <laughs> but it's just that the look that Nala gives Simba during the song. I don't know. Some, something, it did something to my little wiener. 
you know? Well, and we, we went back into the lore and realized that most likely Simba and Nala were related because that's the way. Oh, they're definitely half brother and half brother. Yeah. They're, they're definitely right. half siblings. Yeah. So, I mean, when you throw in the incest realm, I mean, <laughs> lore, uh, I don't know if it's arousing or disgusting, but it's somewhere in between. <laughs> Whoa. What are you doing there? Half bro. <laughs> anyway before we did get into any more camera tri- in my did you put this camera in my den what are you doing half bro <laughs> number four before we get into any more trouble here. Oh, under the I'm sea of gonna... little mermaid great mm-hmm. little uh great little like kind of um jamaican themed song i i i, I love its I, I love its jauntiness great the little harp plays the harp the carp plays lines. the harp baby and I I never knew the lyrics to that song until I watched it with the subtitles in the last couple of years, and I was yeah, like, it's "Wow, a, it's a quick song. This is so cool." <laughs> and then you know, I, I my 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 attention is quickly distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes really fast. There's a lot going on in that song. In oh that, yeah, in that video. So uh, I can understand it, it's it could be one of the greatest songs ever. It's just not one of my favorites. It's yeah, not one of my favorites, but it is one of the most memorable songs. But it's, it's okay. very, very happy to see this so high up here. Number four, number three, we got a, we got a. Almost, did I say something? No, no, just number three right here is, is, oh. is a classic. Oh, a there classic. we go. Bear it's necessities. You get it, B A R E, and it's sung by a bear from the Jungle Book. So for me, I, I forget what year the Jungle Book came out, but it was before I was born. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was like 60s, I think it was or early 70s. But there was like no Disney cartoon movies for a long time. And I Mm -hmm. have a feeling that when I was a little, little kid, like Jungle Book was the most current because like I remember that that soundtrack being everywhere uh, during during those early years, like like when I was in you know five and under. So the bare necessities is such a like. I'm a little kindergarten kid just like trying to figure out what that means. And I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get what any of that song was until much later in life. Mm-hmm. So it's still, it still has a sense of confusion in my brain, but I'm so <laughs> glad that I get it now. Yeah. Just kind of like a nice little, you know, smooth tune, you know, it's, it's, it's a super chill song sung by a super chill bear. Uh, if you watch high. the, He's very high bear. Uh, if also if you listen to the was it 2016 2015 remake, like uh, you know Bill Murray sings that version as well because he plays Baloo oh, in that one. So yeah, a, a nice little a, a nice little homage to that. Uh, what I'm reading here, 1967 film. Holy but, crap! Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you know the Robin Hood was somewhere in the seventies. It was 73 from what I see here. Yeah. But I don't, between that and freaking beauty and the beast or <laughs> like, I, so, I can't remember anything between, you know, seventies and 1991. Right. Cause the little mermaid, um, little mermaid was 89 or 90. Started the, what's known as the Disney Renaissance of the nineties. Mm. And that's when like yes. ev- almost every single Disney movie was like a banger, mega hit, amazing right. soundtrack amazing right. return in the box office and it kind of lasted up until like lilo and stitch oddly arousing female characters correct I mean, yeah it, it goes on from there <laughs> makes young boys sexually confused like oh i didn't know i was sexually attracted to lionesses <laughs> number three oh i'm sorry number two here disney classic i mean they play oh. this at the, at the disney parks 
every like on the hour, every hour, every this day. Is, yeah, this is when you turn on any Disney movie. This song mm-hmm. is going to play exactly. The, yeah, the little logo when you wish upon a star from Pinocchio. So this is kind of evolved to become like the overall Disney theme song. Uh, you know, the just the overall magic of each Disney film is kind of rooted in like the lyrics of this song. So classic, right. love it. And uh, golly, what a day from Robin Hood. <laughs> this is an wow. interesting pick here. I, this is, ro- we, we, we tried to turn this movie on pro- sometime last year during COVID, and my children wanted nothing to do with Robin Hood. But I spent a good amount of my age six through nine watching Robin Hood a lot. So, and, and you go back and watch it now, and it is hokey and jangly as, as F. But- oh, dude, that, that's part of its charm, dude. <laughs> I, I love it. And, and you want to talk about up- sexy animals, dude. I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm continuing to dig <laughs> a hole. <laughs> Maid Marion. You want to talk about oh. fuck me eyes. That Maid Marion Fox. Whew. She, Foxy she, lady. Like, yeah. I, all of the Robin Hood, like, other movies that came out later in the 90s, like Kevin Costner's and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Like, I remember just thinking, like, well, Maid Marion has to be, like, incredibly hot because that fox. Because <laughs> of that fox. cartoon movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it's it's a little distracting. and But it's it fun to, like, watch it as an adult and actually understand, like, the dialogue for once. I was like, wow, I remember these words, but I don't remember ever being able to make sense of it. Like, like all the taxes kind of jargon mm. and stuff. And, yeah. And isn't Baloo in that one, too? But he's playing... He's playing Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> or, uh, no, no, he's playing uh, uh, the side character, Little John. So I'll try not to explain too much because I tend to do that. <laughs> but uh, this was around the time in Disney animation when they were kind of uh, struggling to get funding for their movies. Mm. So what they would do yes. is they would take like the animation cells from previous films, like Baloo from The Jungle Book. He, he would be used to play um, Little John. So they would just use yes. those animation cells. So some of the dancing and movement that you see Baloo do, if you look carefully, Little John does it over here. So they, they've been doing that for a little while. Oh, yeah. At this I point. mean, and, you know, Disneyland had opened and was just barely starting to make money. Correct. They, yeah. hadn't, they hadn't opened Star Wars Land yet. 1965, so. I think it was. Yeah. So yeah. they were like, oh, God, Disneyland's been open for 10 years. And we haven't made a profit yet. So let's, <laughs> right. let's borrow some cells. <laughs> Walt insists on making a, each ticket like tw- like $10. I know. He's bleeding like, us dry. It can never go over ten dollars. I mean, he he said it on his on his deathbed. It's on his tombstone. Yeah, I Disney mean, well, it shouldn't he... cost more than ten dollars, and now it's like ninety seven dollars to get in mm-hmm. for one person, and no but, more and yeah, no more annual pass, no more fast passes. Yeah, Disneyland is a is a joke nowadays. <laughs> But, it's uh, so anyway. sad. It really is because like, it is. we watched that behind the attractions thing on Disney Plus, which was so cool. And I'm watching it with Nora and she's like so excited to go on all of these rides now. And I'm like, well, maybe someday <laughs> we'll go there. I I mean, maybe when there's not a pandemic and it doesn't cost $97 to get in, maybe right. we can go. Plus and it's parking. sad because, yeah. Plus all your and, food and accommodations. Yeah, I know. But anyway, we can get on that side anyway, later. So but on golly, what a day. List. How does yes. Golly What a Day go? <laughs> um, so Robin Hood is not known. Is that the beginning of it? Uh, I, I believe. I'm sorry. The actual song is. Yeah, that one. That one. That's the one, yes. So it's a quick little, it's a quick little like introduction type of song. It's a fun little, it's a fun little jaunty, you know, English little pop song. But yeah, it's Robin Hood again. 
for at least from my point of view, the, the Jedi are evil, but also yes. like the Robin Hood movie is not known for its mo- for its um for its music, but there's like cool little jaunty um uh hits in there. So it's very interesting mm. that the Weegs would put this as number one. So the movie must be super special to him. So very cool. I know. Cool. Good job, Weegs. All right, should we go back and forth? Should we let you go first and then me or let's go back and forth. Here? Okay, number five. Oh, do you have any shout outs by the way? I don't think so. I barely threw together these five. Very good. Because um, <laughs> like, so I, I, have... I just struggle so mightily to say like, oh, I enjoy that Disney song. So okay. I'm just like, well, these are the ones that I think I like the most. And most of them are just because they are funny. Oh, cool. Because they are actually good songs. And you said three Same of them for, one are of from them. one movie? <laughs> they might be, Michael. Oh, okay. I can't wait to be. see this list. All right. So then really quick then. Also, if any of these songs are on your list, don't don't react. Uh, okay. Number uh, so in no particular order, I'll make a man out of you from Mulan. Great song. Mm. Friend like me, iconic from Aladdin. Uh, Friends on the other side, which is a cool little oh. like voodoo type of song yes. from Princess and the Frog, is great. I would say shout out for me as well. Shout out Gaston from Beauty yes. and the Beast. If you want to talk humor, dude, that's one of the funniest songs, and it's a great good. song. Uh, Shout out to Let It Go because I saw that movie or I saw Frozen in the theater and just the seeing her build her castle, her emotional prism that represents her breaking free from the shackles of what's expected to her. Anyway, (laughs) Let It Go. (laughs) It's stunning when I first saw it. Overplayed, of course, but like still a great song. Almost There from Princess and the Frog. One of my favorites. It kind of just tells you everything you need to know about Tiana. Um, Right. Poor Unfortunate Souls from The Little Mermaid. Probably my favorite song from that That movie. That song's like, I don't know. It doesn't fit for some reason. Oh, really? I think it, I think it really speaks to Ursula's character. Well, yeah. I mean, it it tells her story, but the verses don't really work as a song. Yeah. It's kind of like a speak sing type of thing. Right. Yeah. But I just love the overall vibe and like the overall like musicianship of that, of that song. Uh, Yeah. That's me. (laughs) Well, hi. Uh, A whole new world from Aladdin. This is one of like the first songs I've ever been like obsessed with. Like I was like singing the song and like I I wanted to learn all of Aladdin's parts so that I could like duet with duet with somebody one day. Still waiting on that duet to this day. Well, I mean, I was gonna say like Don suggested that one to me, and I was like, no, Don, I've already sang that song with a group of young boys. Oh, so I can't pick that song because when I was in in seventh grade and I did choir when I was twelve, we sang whole new world oh that's beautiful and we, we sang the harmonies and we sang with the girls and it was a popular song and everybody laughed at us in front of the school at the assembly oh <laughs> that's <was> sad like, <laughs> that's fucked dude i knew it was gonna happen like we just all knew i and, guess so you know, right when a bunch of 12 year old boys start singing i mean it, uh, other 12 year old boys are gonna laugh at them it's just like it's the it natural progression of life yeah, it makes sense when, those, when the 12 year old boys singing are wearing um you know a uh, uh, shiny oh. ties and suspenders. Oh, okay, I was about to say like open shirts. vests, open shirt vests. <laughs> we could have been doing that. Oh, didn't. missed opportunity, bro. But uh, yeah, it was one of my first songs I've ever been obsessed with. So great song. I still love that song to this day. And Circle of Life, the uh, the opening. That's the first thing you see when you pop in the movie Aladdin. Amazing, iconic song. Elton John, we, get that shit. We learned last week what the closing song should have been for that movie. We'll talk about that more a little later. <laughs> Do the walk. Do the walk on So do, do you want me to, So those are my <laughs> shout outs. Do you want me to go first here? 
Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So first of which is a sort of a modern one. This one came out, I think, like 2009, 2010 or something like this. But this is um, this is from the movie Tangled. Yeah. I See the Light, which is a beautiful duet that uh, both uh, Rapunzel and Flynn Rider have on their beautiful romantic uh uh, ocean date or lake date seeing the lanterns it's a this, this, this song gives me chills bro and also a little behind the scenes too what's great about this song too is that both Mandy Moore and Zach Levi do their own singing voices kind of cheating with Mandy Moore because she's already a singer <laughs> I think she was somewhere in the past a long time ago um, so a quick shout out for me would be uh, Mother Knows Best from Tangled that was one of my ones I was considering one to put on my list the greatest songs ever written for yeah by a, a very humorous song too i love it <laughs> cool so i mean you're going emotional i'm going funny i'm gonna just say not num- number five for me is from moana moana my favorite Wayne? song my favorite song from that movie would have to be uh jermaine clements ah shiny when he plays Tima Toa and he does the entire song. Now Tima Toa hasn't always been this grand. I was a drab little crab once. I know most of the points to that song. <laughs> it's a great song. And it's a cool little emotional break from an already kind of like, it's like an epic grand adventure. But then we see one half of Flight of the Concords playing this, what is he, like an octopus? He is a decapod. A, yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> and then you know, and he and he's he's like he's like this smaug looking hoarding treasure crustacean, and yes. like he's singing this amazing, amazingly funny song about all of his treasures. It's great. Oh, he's incredible. And right when, when he picks up Moana, and she like can't figure out which eye to look into, and he's like, just just pick one, pick one. I can't concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so I mean, we've been watching you know Rio and Rio two. For several years prior to mm-hmm. Moana, and of course Jermaine is in that doing the song parts of the evil bird, uh, the bad guy bird in those movies. So um, you know we'd already been prepped from our years of both uh, Flight of the Concords and Rio, and then jumping into this uh, shiny song by Tina Toa was just like, yeah. Hmm, Good on Jermaine Cle- uh, Jermaine Clement for like you know working with such big studios and you know doing the music, you know do- helping with the music and the soundtracks for these big studios. He needs more money. Yes, please get. He's one of those people. Like he needs more money. I, I, I definitely agree with you. All right, Mike. Number four. Number four is my favorite song from my favorite Disney movie. Uh, it's 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 dark. It mm-hmm. is. I know where you're going. It it, it tells. It, it gives you everything you need to know about this character in just in this one two and a half minute song. This is be prepared from the lion king i was gonna joke and say just can't wait to be king just can't wait to be king from the darkest character i mean that could have been the name for scar's song of that oh you're yeah (laughs) i want to see i want i want i want to hear ah who's this who's who's the actor who plays scar jeremy irons jerry i want to hear jeremy irons sing i just can't wait to be king that'd be great (laughs) i just can't wait to be king But yeah, you prepared another honorable mention. Yeah, and just like the visuals of the song in the movie too, it's it's like dark and dingy, and like the geysers are going up, and like 
Scar himself is being like oddly sexy in a very like, because he's like you know he's, he's brushing his hair back. He's like you know he's being very flamboyant and stuff. And it's like oh, I love this song, dude. And like the greatest line ever, the greatest line ever. We'll have food, lots of food. We yeah. eat endless we, meat. Yeah. You know, in a in, in a scene that you know evokes Nazi Germany too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> my mom telling me that and being like oh yeah it does <laughs> interesting these <laughs> hyenas and hitler yeah yeah i mean i mean nazism's never going to come to the u.s we don't have to worry about that no it's all in africa still <laughs> remember, you probably don't remember when Lion king came out and it was like why did they only give uh, ethnic people the roles of the hyenas you, you remember that being a, a, a cultural thing? No. Yeah, I was very young when this movie came out. This is the first movie I ever saw in theaters, too. So, I, you know, I... I like, I, I, I sure, wouldn't Whoopi Goldberg could have played young Simba. I mean, it's very possible. That's true. She could have done that. But, you know, we had to give the role to Jonathan Taylor Thomas from, from right. Home Improvement. 39-year-old Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but I, I, but that was the whole thing. I don't know who played Ed. Oh, like, uh, Ed was just like a voice actor. <laughs> yeah, probably whoever voiced Goofy at the time. <laughs> Number four for me, getting epic here. Probably the newest song. I don't know exactly. Um, but from the new Aladdin. Oh, Speech- the new Aladdin. Ooh, Speechless by that girl in there who plays Jasmine who's the most incredibly attractive woman I've ever seen in most of my days. Yeah, but That song is, is dope. Yeah. I think it's Naomi something. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, so, that's an original song. Well, not so much original. This song was actually on the uh, the Broadway version. Um, but uh, So they, they decided to adapt it to the uh, live action remake. And now that you've seen the live Naomi, action... Naomi Scott. Correct. 28 years old. And she was the Pink Ranger in the most recent Power Rangers film. Film, man. I can't keep track of how many Pink Rangers have come and gone. So many Pink Rangers. She's one of them, baby. (laughs) Adam, big fan of Power Rangers. Ask me about it. 2017. 2017's Power Rangers. (laughs) Yes. Well, now that you've seen the live-action Aladdin, what what, what do you think about it? Um, I've seen it in parts. I can't say I've actually sat through the entire thing oh okay but yeah it's it was good i think i made it through part of it most of it it sets itself apart from the animated original just enough to stand up on its own i feel like you know the original the animated original is is amazing in its own right it holds up to this day amazing performances rest in peace robin williams we're gonna miss you and and what i'm what i'm happy about is that will smith's genie is not trying to do an impression of Robin Williams is genie. He's doing his own thing, and it, it, it and it and it makes for a better film. So I'm glad. That's right. But yeah, it did, but. I did enjoy the uh, yeah the differences that were there. Like, oh, learning more about the story, man. Yeah, dude. I think it's genie I think it's a little too long. Genie and, and the other girl fall in love. Yeah, Nassim Pedron. Yeah, yeah, can't say her name. She's she's also on the yummy side of things. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, but one of the one of the changes was the song, and it, and and it it it, it, it serves to um, characterize Jasmine a lot more than she was characterized in the original animated movie. 
So yeah, it, it, it's a great song too. So amazing pick. Well done. Well I like done. it. Number three for me. Moving back to 1998 with Mulan. You know, I, I I love Make a Man Out of You, right? That's an amazing song. But you know what song gives me chills? Christina Aguilera's "You Bring Honor to Us All." Right? Kind of, <laughs> kind of, ins- kind of insensitive that this you know, this Latina woman, these, you know. But anyway, no. A uh, reflection is this is the song I'm talking about. It's the emotional high point of this movie. Um, it, it, it's it's just a powerful song. Christina Aguilera does her rendition of it as well um, in both the '98 and the 2020 remake. Um, but this is just an incredible film that characterizes Mulan. It it tells you what the theme of the story is. It it just has this great building cr- chorus that crescendos at the end, and oh, it's just beautiful. It's about identity. It's about being true to who you are, but but also making your family happy. It's like oh, I love this song. And this is the, this is one of the first Disney songs uh, um, that like. I really thought about, you know, because like you know, I was around that age where like, oh, critical thinking and all that stuff, and you know, I was like, oh, well, there's there's so much behind the surface of this song. It's so cool, you know. You think about I a song so. like I just can't wait to be king. It's like, oh, it's because Simba wants to be <laughs> king. <laughs> oh, I had no idea this whole time. Right, right. A subtle uh, jab at the patriarchy of uh, men versus women. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Such. And, and poor people and homelessness and all that stuff. Yep, the circle of life, baby. Does the does the song "Reflection" do anything for you, Adam? Do, 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 do. I, I don't know this song at all. I'm sorry, I can't really? tell you anything about it. I oh, I guess you haven't really it. seen Mulan too much, huh? No, I didn't recognize it when I watched the cartoon. I didn't recognize it the one time we slept through the live action version. Um, so God, the live action, the live action version is. Like I don't, I don't like saying this about a lot of movies. It's trash, dude. It is garbage. <laughs> I, I yeah, I remember just like maybe watching the last half of it and being like, "Is something is are, is Donny Osmond going to show up?" I'm like, I'm <laughs> When's the Donny Osmond song? <laughs> I had my friend no Mike songs. pay the I had my friend Mike pay the premium price for this movie just so I could <laughs> see the Donny Osmond song, and I was pleasantly or unpleasantly disappointed correct unfortunately so no yeah, i don't know, know that song at all i'm sorry oh, okay go back and listen to that song or listen to the music on the background of this episode because because that's trying. what i'm playing right this moment I, you know I'm you can't listen to it because i don't shut up about it you're talking over the song mike we should that's sit here and listen I to the song do. okay i'm gonna give you 10 <laughs> seconds to listen to the song here we go this is called audio adam shut up now you're listening videos <laughs> <laughs> all right starting now Christina oh, that's my favorite part right there. Oh yeah. Okay, I think that was ten seconds. <laughs> no, but really, go check out the song. Idiot. It gives me, gives me, idiot. fucking idiots. <laughs> You're such a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, so, much to my surprise, that this song was on that Trash Boat album. But anyway, man, <laughs> emotional cover. peaks and valleys. Adam, what's your number three? I'm gonna go with probably because I. I I don't know if I should go funny and fun song for number one or follow your heart, dude. Emotionally crippling song. So I'm going to go emotionally crippling right here. Um, I know you don't like this movie, but I've seen it a lot, Mike. 
Mm. I like this song a lot. Mm. That would be Show Yourself from Frozen 2. Ah, Frozen no. 2. You can, there's, there's a lot of problems with that movie, Mike. There's a lot of problems with that movie. I <laughs> but, agree. <laughs> but the, the, the 10 minutes or so of, of her, you know, doing her whole thing on, on the ocean, trying to get to Atahalan and, 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 and then, you know, getting the horse and then riding the water horse there and then doing her entire show yourself thing like that 10 minutes is one of the most brilliant 10 minutes in Disney cinema. I can say many other things about the rest of the movie, but those 10 minutes right there are pretty brilliant. It's Um, visually stunning. I will give it that that. song. That song I've listened to many, many times, of course, since late 2019 and even before 20, before the movie came out, the soundtrack came out, so we were already listening to it. <laughs> and, um, but no, that that song is is really really epic, and uh, very much uh, apexes that movie in in a good way. I wish it would have um, done better subsequently after that, or even before that to some degree. But um, <clears throat> th- those ten minutes are, are pure gold. It is it, it is a very long song in hindsight too. I I think I remember that. It was like. How long is the song? But the, you can tell this was trying to be the uh, "Let It Go" of this. It was trying to upend that song. I feel like it doesn't quite reach the, uh, you know, the the memorability of "Let It Go," of course. But uh, this is a great song in a in in a in and of itself. Yes, and you know all of the visual elements, all of the like slamming her fist down and seeing all the memories pop up. You're just like, whoa. I just did shrooms like a week ago, mm-hmm. and this was this was a pretty poignant moment in my life. <laughs> I saw this in the theater, so <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's exactly what happened when I did shrooms. I saw all my memories in front of me exactly like this." <laughs> and it right, was and then really a beam fun. of light just kind of like engulfed <laughs> yes. you, and all you uh-huh. your entire and like, <laughs> past, present, and future was in front of you. <laughs> yes, and I was like, "Yes, I'm enjoying this." And then, so every time I hear this song afterwards, I have pleasant memories of the first time experiencing that song visually and I'm like this is one of the best Disney songs I've ever did and then when you talk to the animators you can tell like that's that's a little bit of what they were going for <laughs> like this song is going going to be the uh, the one that uh, we talk about but we're not going to tell you why but this is this is really the reason yeah I, I, I remember the one thing I really liked about that song I think she was like looking at a memory of her mother or whatever like tears in her eyes and like she's like I am Found. I'm like, yes, Queen. My heart. My, my heart, heart, baby. Yes. Okay. So Very good for thing. some days that could be my number one, but today I'll just leave it here at number three. Ew, get out of here, number three. <laughs> <laughs> now this might my number two might seem cliche, but damn it, it is a damn good song. I, I think this is probably the most recent song on my list. Yeah, it is. Uh, this comes from Coco, uh, and mm. it is the emotional core of that movie remember mm. me the, I, the lullaby I, I, version yes i like i like both versions i like the mm. up-tempo version i like uh, i like the lullaby version it was just one of those things where it was like i was trying up until this point, right, when we realized, uh, when, when it's revealed to the audience that this was originally a lullaby to Coco when she was a very, very, very little girl back in the 1600s, 
<laughs> but <laughs> when no, that was, was just ni- ni- that was just 1970s Mexico. Oh sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, so back when it was revealed that this was, this was originally written to be a, a lullaby, and up until that point, I was having a really hard time keeping it together emotionally. Right, I, I just had like this lump in my throat the entire time. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna pay attention to the movie. It's, it's, I'm just gonna pay attention to the movie. It's, it's fine. It's not doing anything to me. It's a, it's a happy song. It's a happy song. And then the flashback when, you know, like Coco is like holding her father's face and like, you know, the love that the love that is shared between a father and a daughter is 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 right there on screen. And you got that haze kind of filtered to know that it's a that that we're looking at a memory. And 1970s haze. 1970s haze. (laughs) Kind of like Barbara Walters in The View. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, just just. Just that emotional connection that this song evokes and the way that the movie also subverts your expectation to make it seem like, you know, at first you, you think, oh, this is just a song that strokes an artist's ego, right? Like, oh, just remember me. Yeah, no ma- like, I'm going to be in your life no matter what. Remember but then me, you I just, fl- I just I just banged you. Now I'm going to take <laughs> remember off. Remember me. me. <laughs> I might be back someday. It's okay. We're not going to have great child support, but remember <laughs> me. But, but then, you know, you fl- it flips it on its script and those same exact lyrics in a different context turn it into a completely different song with a completely different meaning. And mm. right then... When I saw that movie for the first time, like just tears, <laughs> my entire eyes wasn't the first time or wasn't the last time in that movie that like tears just ring down from my face. But um, this was I, I just remember very vividly seeing this movie, seeing this movie in theaters. That song came up and like I let it all go. Like my tears just ran down and I couldn't even pay attention to the movie. It's like, oh, so emotional. I love this song, dude. It is quite the moment. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'll just, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll leave all my jokes aside. But Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Hopefully all Mexican fathers and daughters can have great relationships with each other. That's the goal for every father and daughter <laughs> relationship. And, of course, you know, being the father of a, of a daughter who's now a teenager, you know, it, it, that right. song brings up a lot of, uh, you know, emotions in me as well, you know. My, my daughter and I have been very close since she was born. So it's just, it's just a beautiful song. that sticks with my heart and Go back oh, to God, Mike's so greatest, good. Mike's best song of 2018. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying you, you hit listen to Coco and sleepwalkers in the same year. That's a mm. lot of like, that's a lot of the <laughs> similar themes there. It, it was a good year to be a dad a on my, on my, on my side of the fence, I guess. It was a good year to to worry about being remembered. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Adam, what's your number two? Number two, I'm gonna go back to the back to the well of Aladdin. <gasps> I love Aladdin. Prince Ali, yes, it is he. Ooh, Ali I'm gonna go funny for my next from a, from a one and two because I enjoy me some Robin Williams. Mm. But um, yeah. I, I can I can I can sing you that song if you wanted me to. I probably shouldn't because I'll probably mess up a couple of words. He's got I know that song really well, Mike. Bring in the monkeys. <laughs> He's got the monkeys. Let's see the monkeys. Um, I listened to this soundtrack 
before, like numerous times before I saw the movie. Like I basically memorized the entire soundtrack because I was a very lonely 11 year old boy. Mm-hmm. And then somebody was nice enough to take me to see the movie who wasn't even my parents. Oh. It was actually Cam- Cameron's dad who took me to see that movie. Nice dude. <laughs> um, and I knew I went to the movie for the first time and I knew all the, all the songs already. And, um, Prince Ali was uh, quite quite the journey, and it's a visual spectacle too. Like on the like from the animation standpoint, all these banners are going up. You got these exotic animals. You've got like belly dancers and genie doing his thing all over the place. Ah, oh, I know. Such a good song. In a in a movie full of good songs too. Hundred bad guys with swords <laughs> who sent those goons to their lords. <laughs> I mean, he went Jewish. In an Arabian movie. I mean, you can't, you can't do that. Bold. You can't do that these days. <laughs> and this is post the Islamic Revolution, too. I know. Bold. But before, <laughs> before 9-11. Correct, so yeah. Okay? I, I'm not sure. Disney's been... been it was uh, a different time. Yes, but Disney's been outlawed by the Taliban, I think. What do you think of the uh, Will Smith version? Um, I think I liked that one. Obviously, nothing more the uh, standards of the Robin Williams high bar opinion Will Smith's kind of doing like a hip hop version of it too (laughs) yeah that's true Um, but no it was it was a good version for him to do yeah I I, I didn't need him to recreate He-Man over there but that's okay yeah again uh, that's what's great that's what's great about the live action Aladdin like Will Smith is not trying to copy um uh, Robin Williams he's just doing his own thing and that, the whole movie so you can say the same thing about everybody else it's just, it's just it, it stands up it's one of the it's one of the few Disney live action remakes that like I truly enjoy that and Cinderella yes. get out of here Beauty and the Beast I don't know what you haven't seen the Cinderella one isn't there like a new Cinderella one coming out as well uh, Again, she's wearing a gold sneaker <laughs> maybe that's a Disney channel I don't know <laughs> A gold sneaker. <laughs> or a glass sneaker. I don't know what. <laughs> These Converse are just the right size. <laughs> Very cool, dude. All right. But you're so, talking about the Hillary Duff version, right? Oh, that's right. Was there a sneaker in that movie? I I don't I haven't seen it. I'm just assuming there oh, was okay. because it's from the ninety two thousands. I don't know. Girls Disney. weren't wearing glass slippers at the time. Yeah, Disney Channel original movie, yeah, with Hillary Duff. I don't think I've seen that one, so I can't I can't speak to it. But I'm sure the Lily James version of Cinderella is much better. I'm just gonna go out on a limb. Lily James. Okay, I I wasn't sure if that was the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's 2010, I think it is. But it's it's fantastic. It it, and it does what a remake should. It fills in the blanks of the original and help to characterize more people like the step family and even Prince Charming. Um, the, the, the Prince Charming backstory is really good too, which is, you get a lot more of that. And like you, you get to know more about um, Ella as a character, which is great. Nice. Uh, my number oh, I one. It. I get it. I get it. Cinderella. You get it. Yeah. There's a, that's, <laughs> it's a nickname that's given to her by her step family. Uh, <laughs> my number one kind of a, it's not an, I'm going to say underrated gem, but it's, in my opinion, it has and always will be the best Disney song in my heart. Uh, because not only do I love this song, uh, I also love the visuals of this song. I love the message of this song. This is uh, Colors of the Wind. Okay. 
I love messages, Adam. There's Colors of the Wind from the, from the ho-hum movie、uh, Pocahontas. This is an amazing song from a movie that was trying too hard to be great. Also very culturally insensitive. Or historically very, insensitive. Yeah. I know it's a very epic song. I don't believe I've ever seen the movie all the way through. Where,、mm. like, I don't know, she goes and like, bludgeons everybody to death at the end, right? Um, right? Kind of. And then she sings that song. <laughs> Can you paint with all the blood? blood. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a song about our relationship with nature, our relationship with the earth.、Um, it, 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 you know, there's a lot of, like, of course, Native American、um, or indigenous. Um, spirituality in there, but you know, also from a Shinto、uh, point of view, it talks about how like we need to respect our surroundings. We need every, everything has a role in this world that we need to respect and not trample over colonialists. But、um, yes. it, it, it's just a beautiful song, too. Great chorus, great. It, it, each chorus gets bigger and bigger the more we get to it. And it's just, oh, I just love this song. I was introduced to this song because there was a movie. In like 94 or something like that,、uh, when you pop in the VHS of a, of, of, of a Disney movie, like sometimes it'll show trailers, sometimes it'll show, like, hey, check out this great song from an upcoming movie. And that's when I saw this song. And oh my gosh, is this song beautiful? Like, there's, there's deer made out of the wind that are frolicking, there's jumping off of waterfalls, there's like looking at the starlight, there's like cool perspective shots with the sun beaming through the woods. It's like, And, and Mel Gibson is there too. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jesus. <laughs> Hello, Pocahontas. I'm here to tell you about the,、uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But,、uh, heard of the Book of Mormon. <laughs> right. And also, there's like, sexual, there's like oddly sexual stuff in here. As a young kid, it's like very enlightening. You know? Un- uncomfortable. No, no. Very like, wow, I'm all about this. <laughs> But that's、they、outside、did. of the message of the song, though. That's just, you know, they filmed it during the summertime, so you know, just, there's not going to be a lot of long sleeves going on. Right. Clothing. So, you know, it's just the way the, way the world was back then.、Mm-hmm. We can't go back and change that now. I mean, it's just the way it was.、Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at the music video right now like, while, while we're talking. It's so beautiful, dude. Like, the animation is、uh, so evocative. I love this song, Adam. It's a great song. It is, it is a great song. I'd say it's one of my favorites, but that's also just because I'm not a fan of the movie. I'm not a fan of the movie either, but that is a great song. Ugh. Alright, well, I'm going to bring us back to funny real quick. Get us out of this. Get us out. Get us, Robin not, Williams. We don't, we don't do emotions here on the show. Everyone knows do this. I, do I talk about Robin Williams enough? I'm going to say no, not enough. You don't talk about him enough. And I, and I mean friend, that like wholeheartedly. Friend Like Me、mm. is probably like my introduction into the greatness of what this movie could become. And I would listen to it and I would read the lyrics and I would memorize it. And then I would press rewind on my 
cassette tape and then read the lyrics back and try to commit it all to memory because I just had that much time on my hands. And, um, then I finally saw the movie and I was like, oh wow, it actually the, the, the music goes along with the movie. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but this is our introduction to to a great character. And it, it just it just lays out his entire his entire life story there. It's a little on the uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast side of things, very BRK. Oh yeah, but that's that's that's, okay. that's just that's just to evoke the power of the song, right? And, and it also speaks to the character of the genie. Like this is genie's like emotional arc throughout the film. Like he's always been a slave his entire life. He never had somebody who actually cared about him as a person or a demigod or whatever the heck he's supposed to be. But yeah, and that this this is his whole character just laid out in this two and a half minute song. I love this song so much. I didn't realize how important Robin Williams in the early 90s was going to be for me with every, everything, all of his projects at the time, if you want to throw in this with Mrs. Doubtfire and Hook. Um, and those were like very poignant movies that just like shaped my early adolescence. A friend like me, I think that might have been uh, the, the catalyst right there. So yeah. I'm going to leave that there at my favorite. And just like with like my number one, too, visuals, stunning, dude. And of course, you know, this has its magical element because we're talking about a magical djinn. Uh, and it's just doing, he's doing all these incredible, fantastical things and just kind of show off to Aladdin, of course. And he's just kind of showing off his boisterous nature. And, you know, it's got some, it's got some like throwbacks. Like you get a little bit of like that French cuisine kind of thing from Beauty and the Beast as well. <laughs> Uh, you know, and then you get some like just just amazing Robin Williams mannerisms, just him doing his best. I'm sure there, at some point in the writing process of the song, like some of these lines might have been like, uh, what do you call it, like improved? Maybe it, it just seems like yes. that's it, it just evokes I, that kind I of energy. Heard, I heard somewhere like that whole thing at the beginning where he's you know he does the voice for that like introduction narrator guy, mm-hmm. like. That was completely improvised. They just like hit record, and he did that entire thing. Oh, that's awesome! And then, and then they animated around it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I want to know like how much of the genie script was improvised, just just in general, whether it's from the songs or that narrator character or the genie itself. I can't believe it. I'm losing to a rug. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this. I have this theory. All right, that um, this this movie doesn't take place in the past, bro. It takes place in the mm. far future because like otherwise the, the, the 1970s <laughs> no no so many 70s references by robin williams so he says that he that he's been the the last time he was let out of the of the of the lamp was like a thousand years ago right so mm-hmm. i think this takes place like at least in the year 3000 something and okay you know technology has gotten to the point where like Nobody blinks twice when they see a flying carpet, right? Like even even the Islamic religion has kind of been um, changed up for. Okay, anyway, I don't need to overly explain. I don't need to mansplain <laughs> no, to you. No, I'm just saying like the Islamic religion is just like we get it. Carpets will fly. It's just you know we have to accept that. No, Allah no, Allah is great. <laughs> no, I mean like or where like people just say like praise Allah is like you know like how people say oh my God now these days. So like mm-hmm. you know so it's not su- super prominent. Like you know women will still dress in. Um, Islamic garb as tradition, but you know they're still allowed to go out bareface without a man and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, I think it takes place in the far future, baby. In a galaxy far, far away, in the distant <laughs> future. <laughs> exactly. 
So cool. Good stuff, man. I, that, but I hope this is the last time we do this. <laughs> there's nothing metal about this. I don't like it. <laughs> well, didn't you hear the, uh, the, the, the cruel hand version of I see the light <laughs> by Tangled? It was great. <laughs> I probably should listen to that one. Maybe it'll bump them up on my list for 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for this uh, suggestion. This was really fun to put together and I hope you guys had a great time listening to it as well. And, and if Dave, you guys want to jo- do this, do this on your podcast. I'm sure you guys can, you know, get away with it every now and again, talking about your favorite Disney movies, but there's nothing metalcore about this. Okay. I'm being salty again. I gotta stop being salty. <laughs> now you sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Adam, we also, yep. cause we had a week off last week, we've been listening to a handful of albums. Uh, we, we so talked a little nice. bit about one of them at the beginning of this episode. We don't need to talk about it again. Trashy um, boat. I'm just leaving it at that. It's the, it's the trash boat of the year. Yeah, it certainly was Adam, but, uh, <laughs> alongside trash boat, uh, I also checked out the, the new EP, from If I Die First, which again gives you another album to add to your draft picks. Excuse me. I, I, I appreciate that, even though it's an album. You don't what appreciate you think, the Mike? EP. <laughs> I tried. I listened to it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I kept on thinking like maybe they'll they'll go back and like maybe repeat a part from earlier in the song. And I can like start to make connections in my mind about where this music is going turning into songs but no it's like 20 straight minutes of just stuff (laughs) but did you like it (laughs) i thought it was fine uh but i also thought that the ep from last year was also fine uh it's it's a a cool throwback i'll give it that the littlest lotus uh, is is you can tell that you know he grew up on this music so he's kind of doing like his rendition his kind of like homage to this style of like screamo and emo and um that kind of stuff but um, I, yes. but th- nothing on here was anything that I haven't heard before, right? It's it's not doing anything new per se, which it's not trying to, but you know, like I said, it's 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 just trying to um, homage music that he uh, grew up on, and for what it was, luckily, it's perfectly fine. It's members of from first to last to be in his band. A couple of members from first to last, yeah. Two members who are kind of um, responsible for making this type of music right i i don't want there to be a full length like why don't you guys just keep on doing this and it's kind of your side hustle and stick with your your error boys that seems to be more uh interesting but uh yeah well i i got nothing to say about this band (laughs) yeah i and i kind of suspected that um this, this wouldn't like speak to you at all but uh i tried I thought it did at first. You listen to it and you're like, wow, this reminds me of good old things. And Mm -hmm. then a week goes by and you're like, I don't like any of this. (laughs) Even if it sounds like good old things. Uh, We're talking about They Drew Blood, by the way, the EP that came out for If I Die First. Um, Yeah, I I think I'm right there with you. There's not much to say about it. If you enjoy this type of music, you're going to love it. Um, That's about it. Yeah. Uh, And I, I think EP length is about right for something like this as well Mm -hmm. Uh, because also the littlest lotus he is doing other things which we'll get to in a bit i'm gonna he he, to me he's the wee lotus now 
the wee lotus. The wee lotus. <laughs> he's growing up. <laughs> growing up before our eyes. The wee lotus <laughs> is getting there. Daniel posted that apparently people think that we Lotus is, uh, you know, the OG now of the emo rap and nothing nowhere is an up and comer. Well, that then. was uh, unpleasant to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, nothing anyway. nowhere is nothing. Nowhere is the poser here. <laughs> uh, so I, after two listens to error boy, I mean, I, it seems right on par with what I was expecting an emo rap album to sound like. This is the first non nothing nowhere emo rap album I've ever listened to. So, well, um, it does this, does this kind of evoke emo rap to you? Because it's just, it's like just straight MGK. up pop punk, dude. Yeah, that's what I was, that's, that's what I was getting. MGK mixed with Nothing Nowhere. That's mm. kind of where I'm at so far. I'm not going to say like these songs are the greatest thing ever, but um, I'm only two listens in. But I'm enjoying it because I was just expecting a hip hop album. And right. I was like, oh, hey, there's there's drum beats and hey travis barker's on like three fucking songs okay yeah I, <laughs> all the little lotus solo stuff that i've that people have shared with me have all been like emo rap right so i went into error boy thinking that this that's what this was but come mm-hmm. much to my surprise i also thought that like my version was like a mistake or whatever because <laughs> it was an entire like you know pop punk like you said mgk style album and it, it was very fun it was very fun it was upbeat it was it was it had some good hooks um, some good features as well. I mean, like you said, Travis Barker is on all of them, every, almost, pretty much every track. The but the um, Lil Aaron, who da- Daniel keeps posting, like, like we should know, we should know these people. And I'm like, I've never heard anybody say Lil Aaron in my life. <laughs> but luckily, Daniel knows. And I mean, Daniel, I, I even know somebody who has a son named Aaron, and they've never <laughs> referred to their son as Lil Aaron. <laughs> I was thinking maybe this was, is this Aaron Carter's emo rap group? I mean, People is that where he's going gra- at this point? I've got it. Uh, no, I've, I don't know who oh, little Aaron different. is either. So, Okay. Not so little anymore. Um, <laughs> he's big boy now. So I'm, 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 I'm going to listen to it and I'll let you know next week how, how I feel. Yeah, I'm enjoying it um, so far. Uh, but uh, we've got, uh, as, as far as like, the other... Um, feature on here on track two, Romantic Disaster. Uh, we got a, Chris, a Chrissy Costanza from the band Against the Current. Now, um, over on our Discord, a uh, friend of the show, um, Thomas, like he shared uh, this recommendation for the band Against the Current as well a couple of weeks ago. And it was an album that I checked out. The album's called Fever. And uh, the only the only prescription is more cowbell. And it's a, it's a, a short little seven track EP, uh, 22 minutes. And it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty decent. Uh, not not going to blow you away, but if you want to check out some more music from Against the Current to get more Chrissy Cristanza, then, uh, yeah, it's got a, it's got a moderate recommendation from me. <laughs> That's all I have to say That's about all, that. <laughs> that goes for most of the year, oddly enough. <laughs> yep. So it's pretty on par with 2021. All right. Uh, so we got a big um, release here this past Friday as well. We got Solar Power from Lord's Butt. Um, Lord, which is weird because it's like a full moon on her album cover, but it's so <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, if you want to you, you know what Lord's ass looks like in a thong, then, I mean, there, it's right there. It's there. Finally, we know. <laughs> At waiting, last. Been, been waiting 11 years to find this out. <laughs> so this is her um, uh, third album, uh, third full-length third. album. 
kind of a different take for her. Uh, again, this is our first impressions. I've listened to this twice now. Um, mm-hmm. What do you mean? Three, three for you? Just two, just two so okay. far. And yeah, like, it, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with it yet. I don't hate it. Obviously it's not unlistenable. Yeah. Melodrama but, was a big step. Pretty good. Um, I, I guess both of our opinions in the right direction for her yes. music. Uh, but, um, but I've also read leading up to this album, uh, kind of Lord's thesis going into this was that I'm done writing bangers. Now I'm just going to write music for myself. Um, so at, at, okay. I guess this is kind of like the, the, the fruits of that as well. And it does kind of evoke that sad girl, indie rock kind of vibe, very Phoebe Bridgers. I was getting kind of those kind of vibes. Um, hmm. With some exceptions too, there's some there's some upbeat songs like Mood Ring, like I, which was one of the singles that was that came out of this. I, I heard that song and then nothing else because I just because I wanted to listen to this um, cold. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to need to grow on me a little bit. It does kind of have a have its lull moments, um, but it does have its very poignant um, artistic moments as well, which is which, which is right. what's keeping me coming back to this. It's it's only like thirty six minutes long, but it feels a lot longer, doesn't it? Uh, it's like forty something minutes, but I have the is deluxe edition, which is forty, uh, which is oh. fourteen tracks long. Oh, okay. I only got the twelve, but that's fine. So yeah, even with the twelve tracks, I'm just like, I thought this album was short, and it's like, and I look at the clock, I'm like, oh, only twenty minutes have gone by. Yeah, um, it it is kind God. of breezy though. It's paced, it's paced, it's paced pretty well with kind of. A, even with it, some of like its droll moments, like it it is mm-hmm. still paced pretty well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. It is forty three minutes. Yeah. Standard edition forty six, with the one extra track. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifty with the two extra tracks. Holy. Yeah, God. and that's the version I have. Okay. So, but yeah, yeah so I love that album cover. I'm just like, I know, I know it's wrong, but I just can't stop looking at it. Well, I mean, the, the, the album cover is meant to be provocative, right? And I think yes. that's what she's going for. So I thought that was actually going to um, speak to the music, but I guess no. it's just, you know, I, I guess she just wanted an I Hopefully this was her idea and not some scummy cigar smoking record exec out there. Like, it's like, oh, you want to be a star, don't you? Like, I'm already one of the biggest. 24? Yeah. Right. Like, Walk I'm already one of the stance. biggest stars in the world. Like, what do you stand on top of this cameraman over there (laughs) (laughs) so um, yeah we'll see how that unfolds i know melodrama obviously one of the best albums of 2017 top 20 album for me yeah i fell in love with melodrama like immediately after i first listened to it this one i feel like it's going to take a little while um just for maybe if i catch on to more lyrical themes and things like that throughout this week it seems like it's it seems like a weird thing for any artist or band to say like, you know, we're done writing really, really good songs and we're just going to put out whatever we come up with and you guys will just suck it. Like, I'm not sure. Wow. And so maybe, bold. I, I know. I know she, she like specifically said she was not going to release any physical copies of this album um, to be more environmentally conscious. So mm-hmm. when you put it that way, that everybody's going to listen to this with their streaming service or for free in one way or another, and so it's like you're not going to pay for this so here's some songs that i put together that's what it feels like after two listens but sure yeah but again if this is just her idea of like making music for ourselves and you know that's that's perfectly cool too that's perfectly valid and you know she's it's her music she can write whatever she wants and here's the cover of my album that will keep 
keep you coming back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mess up all the all the algorithms in your phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are everyone who listens to this is going to be put on some sort of list mm-hmm. at, at some point. So yeah, like, so oh, buyer beware. This guy looks at butts. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta butts. send him more butts female butts <laughs> we've never had this happen in the history of the internet a man looking at female butts Dear nobody God. who listens to female artists looks look wants to look at their butt <laughs> um so do you, is that everything for now that's all i had on my list talk, this week you want to go back to the 70s with me 70s baby <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Marty. Marty. <laughs> We're back. Doc! Doc, where have you been, Doc? I've been in the 70s. (laughs) So, Mike, I was very much uh, uh, introduced to... I I know I said last episode that I was probably not going to do any Uh, deep dives into elderly artists. But then, like I said... I was going to remind you, Adam, that you, Adam, yourself have said that you're not going to do any more deep dives into artists. What happened? I told you, I told you I didn't have any in mind that I wanted to do. Oh, okay. And so, you know, that doesn't mean I'm not open to giving a shot to somebody who may have some good albums out there. And, you know, I, I, I guess I didn't know that I did this, but apparently I left it open or no, you did it. You told the discord community to (laughs) to insert an, uh, an earworm into my brain to be like, I I did Adam, you know? There's, there's another artist out there you haven't listened to yet. You might have a lot of albums, but some of them might be really good. You never know. And then it worked. Like I literally was told by Tom on Monday and I was just like, oh, 15 albums. I, I don't need to do that one. And literally by Wednesday, I was like, I, I can handle this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I went through mental, mental hurdles over those two days of like, yes, I'm going to no, no, no. Yes, yes. No, 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 no. And eventually I just settled on. No, fuck it. I'll, I'll just, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because nice. Dire Straits is one of those bands that uh, was there in the eighties. Like my parents were rocking that. I don't know if it was just the album that had money for nothing on it, or if it was like a greatest hits album, but I can vividly remember, you know, hanging out with, uh, with, you know, my lesbian parents riding around in a 19, you know, 88, you know, Dodge of convertible, and just rocking like all these dire straits tunes. Hell and, yeah. And just being like, this is the, this is so eighties. Like I knew in that moment, I'm like, everything that's going on right now is eighties and it's never going to change and it's never going to get better. This is the, this is the peak of my life. <laughs> but luckily I was wrong. <laughs> um, so I buried dire straits in the deep recesses of my brain for all those years now for, what do you say? Like 30, almost 30 years, I would say if it was sometime in the late eighties. Um, and I didn't need to, didn't need to go back into it. Um, until, until Monday when Tom told me, Hey, you should give this a listen because like the dire straits albums are okay. But his solo albums that he did after the band broke up are really good. Um, so I had no idea that Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits did solo music, which I thought would be kind of interesting. And then when you look him up, he's like he's done 75 different uh, soundtracks for movies through the years where he wrote all the music and lyrics. And you're like, damn, this guy like fucking made a lot of music even after he was famous. So I was like, all right, I'm doing it. Let's start with album one, baby. Dire Straits, self-titled, October 7th, 1978. Mm. 
I now went what, back in time and uh, I realized you this, before you get into this album, what are some of the songs that the the layperson would be familiar with? Because prior to this conversation that we you yes. guys had on Discord, I had never heard of the word of the name Dire Streets before. Wow. So you got your Sultans of Swing that was on this first self-titled album that was like their first big hit. How does that go? Broke them in, um I, I don't know how to sing it because I know the walk on life. <laughs> I know oh, it yes. very that intimately. Was many years later. <laughs> Sultans of Swing is like that. Okay, we, we, I'll have we to play that for you last weekend. Um, yeah, we are the Sultans. Dun, 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 dun. We are the Sultans of Swing. Dun, dun, okay, dun. I'll have to look that up on my own. And then you got your all those all the other hits from from the Brothers in Arms album in 1985 with your Money for Nothing and your Walk of Life and your, uh, I mean, you said you you barely knew Money for Nothing even though that was like one of the biggest songs ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the only music I would have been uh, uh, exposed to was what, what what was with whatever my dad played. Uh, and yes. I don't. And it seems like he w- anything. It seems like he would have been like a Dire Straits fan because mm. they got a they, they got a little bit more like pro military in the eighties mm. on Brothers in Arms, and like they ended up doing a lot of like veterans kinds of stuff at that like point. playing USO so and stuff. Maybe I don't know if it went that far because because again I learned this week this band's British, Mike. <laughs> this band, like I had no idea my entire life that this yeah, band, even was though British, they have like a, kind of a Americana type of sound. Yes. Americana. I was just like, Oh, this band's probably like from Tennessee. They opened for Leonard Skinnerd, Um, you know, and they, it's all like, like that, that down home kind of Springsteen, Bob Dylan, Southern rock kind of stuff. Very bluesy kind of stuff. So I just, I, I don't know of any, British bands that did blues rock. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So right. it's really interesting to kind of hear blues rock from a British perspective. And I'm kind of enjoying that take on it. But um, yeah, like their bigger hits were from 1985. I knew four songs from this band. I knew Sultans of Swing, Money for Nothing, uh, Walk of Life, and <laughs> and uh, Brothers in Arms which I, I liked two of those songs <laughs> out of those four. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously walk of life and uh, money for nothing are disaster train wrecks of songs. <laughs> extremely. <laughs> popular. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so I, so 1978 was their first album. It's self-titled and this album is not that great. Um, I know Tom told me that like the dire straight stuff is kind of hit and miss and that his solo stuff is much better but it's a good introduction right here. Um, it's very like low key kind of stuff. Very like, like just that bluesy guitar kind of stuff where he's, he's singing and he's doing the lead guitar. So it's like, he'll sing and then he'll like throw in like those like kind of solo guitar riffs that just kind of make it kind of cool. Um, hmm. So this album seems really long at just 41 minutes. And I only liked about three songs from it. But it's okay. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been my favorite thing in 1978. But then again, I would have been busy doing a lot of cocaine, probably listening to ABBA like your dad. So Yeah, that sounds like you. 
<laughs> so <laughs> uh, a year later, oh, actually, man, about nine months later, album two comes yeah. out. You said this comes June out. This came 19- out in October. Yeah. Yeah, so June 1979, album two comes out. You would think that it would have just been B-sides to the first album. But surprisingly, I like this album a lot better. Didn't know any of the songs on this one. It's called Communique. And um, kind of, again, similar sound, but but moving more towards, I don't know, a more accessible to the, to the mainstream kind of sound. Because there's a track on here called Lady Rider, which I think that song is really, really good. I had never, ever heard it before. Apparently it was a relatively big single for them. And um, yeah, like I, I, I recommend Mike, if, if you want to give this band a little bit of a spin, maybe check out that song first. You okay. don't need to listen to the whole album. The whole album is maybe about like a five out of nine. Okay. Um, Lady writer. Okay. But it's a really cool song. I was, I was just like, Whoa, this, this is starting to surprise me with this band that I knew very little about and disliked half of the music I had heard from them. Um, so yeah, once upon a time in the West is the opening track and that's a really cool song. Um, and then the last two tracks on the album, single handed sailor and follow me home were really good songs. And then lady writer was just like, Whoa, this song kind of came out of nowhere. Mm. I like that one a lot. And then Mike, probably an album, every Brian Fallon fan needs to check out. Oh no, don't tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you can determine if we've been promoting a fraud <gasps> for our entire lives, Mike. Really? <laughs> I'm not going to listen so, to it then. I don't, don't, don't break the illusion. It's okay. It's okay because Brian Fallon has done plenty to <laughs> to show us that this album was a huge influential piece of work for him. Sure. As Tom was nice enough to share with me, uh, Brian Fallon doing a live version of the song Romeo and Juliet, which, you know, we listened to last weekend and you were pointing out like, wow, this does sound a lot like Elsie and many other Brian yep. Fallon isms <laughs> <laughs> from long ago in the great month of October, 1980. I don't know if anything else interesting happened in that month. Uh, but, we'll um, never know. All I know, all I know is that Brian Fallon was born in January. Um, and then I was born on October 10th, 1980. And then him and I both listened to this album together uh, a week later. And obviously we were both very moved by it. Some of us more than yes. others. So I, I put it away for the, for 40 years. I was just like, I right. And you were nice enough to let but, Brian take this and continue on and build, make yes. a career out of it and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> this album is one of my favorites. This is really, wow. really, really good. Um, Making sands movies. For, Sans the last track that oh. less boys doesn't make a lick of sense on this album. So I'm just going to say six out of seven. Um, again, 37 minutes, seven tracks. They're pretty long. 37 tracks. minutes and seven tracks. It's seven tracks. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean the, the opening track tunnel of love. Mm, that's, that's a, that's the, as a Tom put, that's a, that, that one slaps. He said that one still slaps. He hadn't listened to it in a long time. Um, but that that's a good song right there. And then Romeo and Juliet is like, oh shit, I, you can't be a Brian Fallon fan and not love this song. And <laughs> he he basically took that song and was like, hmm, I should make myself a career and, <laughs> and just kind of and expanded on it. You know, Dire Straits did not recreate that song for seven straight albums. Um, 
so they, but they they captured something really good in that song right there. So it, it's a really really standout track. And then yeah, Skate Away is just a great song about a hot chick and roller skates. Expresso Love is another you know kind of like you know sex jam. I guess I don't know. What Ooh, sex jams. Sex jams. <laughs> So that one's fun. I liked Hand in Hand. I like Solid Rock. It's just that that closing track doesn't do anything for me. Okay. But this this is quite the banger of an album. Well, I've so got 37 minutes to spare. To... I can probably squeeze in some <laughs> Mickey Mobes. Right, right. So I, unfortunately, I don't feel like they they carry this sound later into their career. They only had six albums altogether. Um so now I'm listening to Love Over Gold that came out in 1982. This one's only five tracks and it's 41 minutes long. So that's good cool. God. Um, <laughs> but then so right each there track around is like 10 minutes long or something, right? Um, the first track is 14 minutes. So that takes up a good oh, chunk of it. Well, there um, it is. So I, again, I'm, I'm only a few listens into that one and it's got a lot of ebbs and flows all over the place. And then tra- track four, on this, the title track, Love Over Gold, is where, where you first you get introduced to the keyboard and synthesizer sound for the first time with this band. And you're just like, ew. It was the early that. 80s, after all. <laughs> right. And that, that was what they said. Like, Mark Knopfler was very open to experimenting with all sorts of different new ways to record music and new instrumentation stuff. And uh, that kind of carried over into what Brothers in Arms became which was the first digitally recorded album. I don't know if it was the first digitally recorded album ever, but it was the first one that like was super famous. And it was the first album mm. to be heavily pushed as a CD. Um, so um, yeah. That's In the eighties? 1985. Yeah. Oh, wow. So this must've cost like $87. Like when it came out on CD. I, that... I think it said 83. Eighty-three dollars. That's how much it was. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were being serious, Adam. <laughs> no, that that was interesting to read about. I was like, okay, cool. And you listen to it, and you're just like, oh god, this really like the cringe factor of Brothers in Arms is is rough. And I'm only a few listens in, and I'm just skipping over the first four tracks because, like, I know all four of those songs, and they all just invoke this like curdling in my stomach <laughs> so mm. i'm only listening to tracks five through nine <laughs> okay <laughs> so that's fine and then they they kind of broke up for a little while after that and then got back together to do um an album in 1991 apparently most of the band did not react well to becoming super duper uber famous um after brothers they did the walk out, and then they released they did the walk of life they did the walk of life and then they did On Every Street in 1991. And then that was their final album. So uh, that one's pretty long. That one's also like an hour. Like Brothers in Arms is almost an hour. And this one is, yeah, 12 tracks, 60 minutes. And, you know, it, it seems okay so far, but I'll have more to say about it next week. And again, there's there's British elements mixed in with all this blues rock kind of stuff. And like that's that's what I'm like really finding interesting. So I... That, that's the cool thing about listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool, dude. Then, it, it's, it's, I know, I guess we joke, half joke that like, <laughs> oh, all these gigantic discographies are like, just kind of like they're, 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 they're exhausting you in a, in a way, but like, it's cool that when you find one that you're really 
enjoy or one that's a, a huge surprise to you that like you know, and, you're, and you're feeling it and like you're excited to share about it that's really cool i i usually end up liking a fair amount Mm-hmm. of these giant discographies but at least you 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 figure out what the hell people were thinking back in those weird days when it's like why was money for nothing and walk of life the biggest songs in the world i don't know i don't get it right but i could <laughs> but again driving around in a, in a dodge convertible listening to walk of life i mean there's nothing more 80s than that you know just like i had my my sweatshirt wrapped around my my shoulders and it's all just Um, so we'll talk more about that next week Um, but I also listened to the Killers album Mike do you want to talk about the Killers briefly let's talk about the Killers briefly album number two in the grand scheme of things uh, in the the last two years Um, I like this album I don't know you you didn't listen to it right no I've never been a fan of the Killers other than Mr. Brightside Um, but the yeah, tell me about I know it. You liked Battleborn. You told me you liked Battleborn. I liked Battleborn. 2012. You told me that you listened to it because I gloated about it so much. Oh, right. <laughs> I haven't listened to it since 2012, though. <laughs> right. Sam's Town is a very good album from 06. I know if you need one more 06 album, I highly recommend it. Right. But, I, but again, Battleborn was like like the, the bar. That was such a high quality album where I feel the next two were just kind of like, uh, not as good, but um, Pressure Machine, which apparently, you know, when they realized that their their tour for the last album was going to get canceled last year, they mm-hmm. kind of like, or Brandon Flowers just kind of started writing songs for this album that ended up turning into this really interesting concepty kind of thing, just more about like his life growing up in in, in rural Utah uh, when he was a kid. Um, the no, I always forget Nephi, that Brandon Flowers Utah. is American because, uh, like, the Killers' music has always been kind of Brit poppy to me. So it feels like, Britty, yes, yeah. But apparently, but all along it was just that he's Mormon or he grew up Mormon. So yeah, which is always <laughs> such a shock to me. And I always thought he was he was gay, but it turns out he's he was just Mormon all along. So. <laughs> there is a difference, yes. <laughs> So this was really, really interesting. I know it, like, like Tom said back at the beginning of the week, it's got its slow moments, but I, even without reading the lyrics, like I was still able to pick up on all of the stories being told throughout all the songs. Um, and it is like kind of interspliced with little clips of audio interviews with people that live in the city talking about like some people are just saying like, Oh, this is like the greatest city to live in. And then other people are like, yeah, you know, there was that really bad thing that happened. And then like talking about like when the, when the opioids started showing up and how that's become such a huge problem throughout their entire state. And so like the songs like are really like dark in that way, like mixed, like there's like this darkness, but they're, it's like, it's trying to be covered up, like, but everything's okay. And we're going to be fine. But like deep down it's not. And so all the songs kind of have that feel to them. Um, And I, I like this album quite a bit and, you know, stories aside, like listening to the songs was actually enjoyable as well. Mm, Okay. um, I, I recommend this one. Uh, I know it's long and it's, some of the songs are slow, but I mean, but still lyrically and story wise, they seem to work really well. And Phoebe Bridgers is on one of the tracks. So, you know, 
you got to have depressing Phoebe Bridgers out on a track with it. Right. Like this. Phoebe Bridgers is the Travis Barker of the sad art pop <laughs> movement. <laughs> right. Uh, from my understanding, so there's, there's two versions of this album out. There, the the unabridged version has no uh, audio clips in it. So it just goes oh, song to song okay. to song. But like, if you listen to the, the abridged version, um, that one, like, all of the audio common, all the audio clips kind of blend each song together. So okay. some of them are, are interesting. They kind of set up the feel of the song. Others are kind of in there and you're just like, why did they choose this one? This doesn't make sense. Do you but, feel like the little audio clips add to the yes. overall pacing of the song of the album? It really, really does. Oh, because, because okay. like I said, like initially they're like, the first interview at the beginning of the song is just like a girl talking about how wonderful it is to live in this place and we'll never leave. And I've, I I don't want to leave ever. And then it goes into like this, like West Hills, the opening track is so interestingly different for them. Um, And it's, it's again, talking about, you know, drug addiction and, and, and drug use kind of running rampant throughout the, the the city and it's kind of written in the third person in a way i guess like brandon flowers is kind of i mean he's singing it in the first person but he's like talking about characters and then there was like a a train that uh, a you know railroad crop tracks that go through the city and like the train goes through and it was always this thing about like these two kids that got hit by the train and why did that happen and like this the stories that come out of it and then it like jumps into a guy talking about like oh yeah the, the train kills somebody at least every couple of years it's just like it's just something that that has happened in the city for a long time so it's like it's mixed in with all these really really dark elements that i think the audio clips help oh cool kind of keep it all connected so I enjoyed it. <laughs> I can't say everybody will, but it clicked with me in the right way. And also I was not expecting like a, a enjoyable killers album at this point. Cause I hadn't heard one in so long. Yeah. So, but this sounds like it's a lot more contemplative surprised. and a lot more high concept. Mm-hmm. And you know, they did talking about there's like the message bigotry. to be told. Yeah. Right. And the bigotry of like, you know, how gay people are perceived and you know, domestic violence like it, it's got everything so if you want really really fun lighthearted stuff this is your album very good lighthearted <laughs> <laughs> you think people can just like jump in on this one without being familiar with the killer's discography i think so I, they've never done anything like this serious right because it's so like high concept and different from what they usually make yeah they, they usually don't do stuff that's this i don't know deep and that was kind of where he was going like just in the midst of like having an entire tour canceled and he just started writing some of these songs and they weren't planning on writing songs like this but brandon flowers was just like if you guys are cool um you know just like they were just going to use like leftover b-sides from their last album to make their next album and then he started writing this stuff and asked the band to kind of follow him down that road and it kind of worked out. It's not super like Mr. Brightside kind of stuff. That's for sure. Or even right. Samstown kind of stuff. There's not, there's not really any up-tempo ditties. So, um, but I thought it was a fun change of pace. Oh, cool. Well, that's, that, that, that's a, that's a surprising pick from you. Yeah. I was more surprised than anybody really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like so, it. Okay. So sorry. That wasn't like the quick killers 
uh, discussion that you were asking for. <laughs> it's all right, man. You're good. <laughs> so I think that's everything I got for now. Cool. Dire Straits, Killers, um, Trash Boat we discussed. If I die first, we discussed. We Lotus and Lord for next week, as well yes. as the other three Dire Straits albums. Correct. Uh, so I finished up live, uh, even though you told me not to. <laughs> songs Uh, from black mountain that's album's okay the album's okay it's pretty repetitious though as far as like its lyrics and songwriting the the songwriting seemed kind of monotonous um like i guess tonally to it it, it feels like the band is on its way out at that point yeah it it, it kind of feels for both this and even with the turn with their uh christian uh new singer uh like they both (laughs) seem like like they're just kind of on autopilot too yeah, kind of. You know, 2006 mm-hmm. to 2014. Um, but yeah, it, it, both of these albums just kind of felt like they were on autopilot. Um, it, it's it, but which doesn't suit well with like you know staying at the same tempo throughout the entirety of, I guess both albums too. Mm-hmm. I guess the turn is a little bit heavier, which is I you know I kind of appreciated that. They're kind of going back mm-hmm. to like their older music, but um, yeah, and they both were, of these they albums were very were excited fun. about that. Because like the, the them and Ed like really had that riff, and yeah. Then I think Ed left in 2010, um, and did it because yeah, that was when his first solo album came out was in 2012, I believe. So um, now, if uh, if you want to listen to the EP that he did to get kind of a a, a hint of his solo work, uh, I can't say it's too much different than live, but I still think it's really good. Um, but you know, it's kind gonna... of like I don't have the rest of the band to tell me that I can't write super religious songs now. Is that because that's the, kind of the vibe I, I'm getting? One could argue, like his first solo album from 2012 is called Alive. You get it? Alive ha! solo album. Anyway, <laughs> that that album is steeped in the religious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's not very. I can imagine good. it's very. Um, but then the EP was called the garden or garden ep and that's 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 a good album um i i if you want to get a little bit of understanding just where that went um that that might that might be good it's only like five tracks it's pretty pretty brief um because i think that his follow-up to that in 2013 was called um the mercy and the flood again i I don't know what i don't know what that one's about (laughs) i mean you might be able to we'll never know we'll never know (laughs) But that album is really not that bad okay. for, 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 again, I mean, they, they pushed him, he pushed himself. I don't know who did it, but he was pushed as a Christian artist for his solo music. So, you know, it, it was what it was, but still I can listen to it, to, to the garden EP and the flood and the mercy and not feel like it's over the top. Like, ew, this is too much religion, mm-hmm. but alive. I definitely feel it was too much religion. <laughs> right. <laughs> So oh, well, I give mean, those that kind five of... tracks a spin if you want to see where he kind of went. And all right, I I'll wish throw it in this list. And... Okay, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, but... as far as the turn goes, too, I mean, with uh, like I said, they're, they they brought in new singer uh, Chris Chris Shin. Um, I don't know what he's what is he from? I didn't look him up. He was in another band that I can't remember. Oh, he he joined Blind Melon after um, Shannon Hoon died. Oh, okay. And, you know, obviously Blind Melon went on to years of success after that. And then, um, oh, wait, no, he didn't join Blind Melon. He, he started a new band with the guys from Blind Melon. Oh, okay. Unified Theory. 
Never heard um, of them. No, that was they had an album in two thousand and two thousand seven. It looks like so not like a super successful outing. Okay, for that. so kind of an unknownish um, up and comer singer, yeah. I guess at the time. But um, looks like he hasn't done anything since twenty fourteen either, according to mm-hmm. the media. Like, hey, I, I used to be the lead singer of Live. Yeah. he just says that at, in every coffee shop yeah <laughs> every time every, every time he goes to a coffee shop that's like his one claim to fame but uh mm-hmm. what do you call it uh uh yeah as far as um the turn goes um i i think christian is a decent enough singer to take ed's place um mm-hmm. you know ed in the past has really impressed me with like his dynamic range as a singer um Man, i didn't really feel true. that range here with christian but no decent he's enough definitely job. doing he, he can like do ed's low parts like yeah you can tell those and then his high parts are very similar to shannon hoon from blind melon so mm. i was just i felt this was just like a live slash blind melon blending that didn't really tribute band so well. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and musically i didn't feel like it really stood out too much which i was no it, it, it was like was a we've we've done this before type of thing and i think that right i don't know i kind of got the impression that they were just trying to um appeal to the older fans maybe like you know, maybe they got the criticism to like oh you guys are kind of going in a like up-tempo preachy direction that we don't like but like oh now we're mm-hmm. haven't you guys heard we're we got a new singer and we, we're heavy again you know even it's though even though it's not it that used heavy. to be when we were in middle school we first started <laughs> even though it's not before that Ed joined <laughs> <laughs> right but uh overall i mean i felt the album was just okay um you know not, okay. not the best live album obviously but uh you know so you, you finished I, your I, live journey do you have any yes. closing thoughts on live um, for a band that I never gave any second thought to, uh, I, n- I wasn't familiar with any singles. I mean, maybe, I, oh yeah, I was, but I just didn't know it was live. But um, mm-hmm. uh, this, this, there was a lot of surprising stuff in this, like Mental Jewelry, great, great album, like Throwing Copper, great yeah. album too. A lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. in like Secret Samadhi. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, but this, unfortunately, I feel like with a lot of bands, they kind of go into that direction where just kind of they're resting on their laurels. Maybe they're, maybe there's like creative differences and they're just kind of, what's that? It starts to simmer down. Yeah. It starts to simmer down and like, you know, so it, 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 and it's unfortunately you can tell like this band was like a victim of that, but um, yeah, Mm -hmm. but uh, they're, they're still active to this day from what I see, like they're back together with Ed Kowalczyk. So all the original members are back together. so they did they did that EP back in 2018 which was, was not too great. I remember listening mm. to it and it had a couple of good tracks out of 5 and I was hoping there would be more new music but apparently there isn't. I keep on looking at their their socials and it's just like, "Oh, remember this show we did 2 years ago? Let's post a video <laughs> of that." And you know, nothing right. too exciting going on on that side of things, but it might surprise us someday. But yeah, that's yeah, if all we haven't heard that... any real and distance to hear mental jewelry. Those are your two favorites right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so some ups and downs with this band, but overall, like I, I enjoyed my time with them. Uh, yeah. So just kind of happy to have another band under my belt that I'm familiar with now. So it's pretty cool. 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 Uh, so moving um, on now to just because, you know, I was trying to get these last two live albums, you know, uh, in my pocket, I just wanted to throw in another quick, 
uh, recommendation. Well, not quick. They're both super long albums. But uh, uh, Jerry Cantrell, he had Degradation Trip. And then he had a reprise version of both of those, Degradation Trip Volume 1 and Volume 2, uh, both from, yes. uh, from 2002. And, you know, you, my goodness, what an oppressive feeling <laughs> album for both of those. Is this... Uh, d- did you listen what did you listen to <laughs> which ones which which element of it did you listen to i'm not sure so last so last week i listened to uh volume one and then this past week i listened okay. to volume two so you know I mean, those part are of me was thinking like super long i was thinking yeah and part of me was realizing later on like oh you know what he did do the abridged version that came out first in june of 2002 where it was just like 14 tracks um, and it was basically like, this is the version that Roadrunner wanted him to do. And then yeah, by the I end mean, of if you the look year, at like the release some... of, yeah, if you look at like the, how long these songs are and how much there is, mm-hmm. you can, like, I, it's completely mm-hmm. understandable why Warner brothers would just want like an abridged version. Yeah. Well, Roadrunner, Roadrunner was his title. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. So like that was when, yeah. So, uh, yeah, obviously we knew the abridged version and then we found out later like oh shit he's releasing the entire the entire sessions and um yeah so that was that was pretty awesome so this was one that cameron and i definitely gravitated towards back in 2002 because we were right on the the, on the tip of our allison chains zenith when this album hit because we had started that that journey in early or late 2001 so when we realized he was gonna have a solo album we were just like yay and then more solo albums at the end of the year. Yay. <laughs> oh my God. These are so long. Yay. Oh my God. These are so depressing. Yay. <laughs> it was all yay. Absolutely. It, and can we start this. there, dude? Like the, okay. not only are the lyrics just dour and just, it gets you feeling bad, but in a Ooh. good way, you know, I, but like musically, like the oppressiveness, oh that super down tune, mm-hmm both the guitar and the bass, which again, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you've mentioned it in the past, mm-hmm. but like Rob uh, Trujillo from uh, Metallica, you, yes. who I will, yeah, who Cur- I will be. Currently um, Metallica, but it wasn't in Metallica yet when, right. uh, when he did this. Right. But um, yeah, so it was soon to be at this, at this point, uh, the new, cause he, he joined during uh, the St. Anger time, right? Yeah, he joined right after St. Anger came out. He was yeah, originally with Suicidal, suicidal Tendencies, tendencies way back in the 90s. And then he was yeah. Ozzy's bassist for a while and then with Black Label Society as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's been all over the so, place, just so, kind of building a name for himself. And, um, and remember, like, 97 was uh, the first Jerry Cantrell album, Boggy Depot, where mm-hmm. Sean Kenny and Mike Inez, obviously from Alice in Chains, they played drums and bass on that album. So it was basically, mm-hmm. it felt like the Alice in Chains album without Lane. And yeah, that album and was I was expecting to it to. to sound very Alice in Chains, um, be, you know, you know mm-hmm. just because of, you know, it's Jerry Cantrell. So I expected it to sound like um, Alice in Chains. So much to my surprise with how much darker and heavier this one is like what a what a pleasant surprise kind of like actually finishing it up and you know seeing what seeing how different it actually is i am very happy to hear that because i know i know it's long and as i was re-listening to him this week and just thinking like man i love almost every moment of both of these albums all two hours and 19 minutes but at the same time like 
I, I, I don't know if I had just spent so much time with it that I, I know all of the tiny little elements that I've latched onto through the years. And I was like, how does, how, how do I even explain this to somebody who's never heard this before going into it? So I didn't know <laughs> if you were, how you were going to take it because I, I, yeah, especially cause like, you know, the, the length of before these crowded streets, which was dour and depressing and dark. And this was like, but this one's heavy and dour and depressing and dark. So I think, yeah, but what I think, I think that's what it, I think that's what it kind of um, has in its favor though. Like the musicianship like matches the, the songwriting and the overall Mm -hmm. themes of the album uh, for both, for, for both halves too. Um, uh, At least for volume one though, I do have to say like the second half, I feel it has a little bit of a pacing problem. I think that's probably due to the songs being, you know, five or seven minutes long for the most part. Like uh, from, but Gone, though, is uh, from volume one. Like the, the second half is kind of like mm-hmm. a little, it's it's a little drawn, drawn out a little bit. Like, I think some of those songs could have benefited from being like a minute shorter, you know, cut, you know, cut yeah. this course and have it a little bit. It's one of those weird things where it's like either Roadrunner, like, didn't care how long it was. They were like, just mm-hmm. do whatever you need to do. I don't know if they gave him full hundred percent creative control or, or, or what, or if you fought them on it or any of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, pro false idol is, is a long song there, but it is. Yeah. Um, but it's not a bad song at void. all. Feel the void is really, really good. And, but, yeah, but it is slow. Again, <laughs> it's seven minutes long, but it's, it started, it, but you're, you're not like, rushed it's just one of these albums that you have to just not have other things going on around you and then i kept on thinking like why when i listened to these albums in the past i wasn't doing other things Mm -hmm. i was just sitting and absorbing them and you know and enjoying all the different elements so like in in this world where we just like turn on an album like okay i can't wait till it's over so i can get on to the next album right which we we tend to do these days um i didn't know where yeah degradation trip would kind of fit in the 2021 uh, world. This is um, definitely an album that you do have to sit with and like absorb it and kind of get those minute details too, because there are a lot, you have this superstar cast of people, um, you know, who wrote this album, uh, you know, you got, you know, you got elements of Alice in Chains, you've got soon to be Metallica and suicidal tendencies right. and faith no more. And whoever the right. other guy and was, I think that was the, no, it was just the three of them. It was just, Oh, is that right? Uh, drums bass and, and jerry oh cool so um yeah the, the so that's the cool part is bringing in like a, a different backing band i think helped so much too mm. um yeah so also, i was just trying to think we the gone? second half of volume yes gone the, the closer of volume one Mwah! fantastic mm. fantastic closing track dude Ooh, it's, i looked forward to that every single time i was i was listening to volume one yeah, and I and locked on right before that. I always mm. feel like that's supposed to be the last song, but then Gone comes on. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> there's one more. Haven't I been here long enough? Yeah. But, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's 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 just it's so different. I can't even explain it. This album is an enigma amongst itself. It doesn't fit anywhere with anything. And I know I told you four years ago that it was just a beast of an album. 
And then when you finally listen to it, like I just had all this anxiety about how you were going <laughs> to maybe not like it because I know sometimes I can elements. be weird. Yeah. Sometimes I can be <laughs> so weird I just wasn't and like sure. unfair about, about stuff like this. But like this one, again, I was going into it expecting more Alice in Chains, which I enjoyed when I, when I, when I checked them out, but, uh, okay. and I got something completely different and it was like, uh, yes. and just like with the littlest Lotus this past week, just like I, I went in expecting to hear one genre heard a different genre mm. and I'm like, yes. Whoa, cool. Like it, it kind of caught me by surprise, like in a good mm. way. Solitude track five. Mm. That might be, that might be my favorite, but I'm not sure. I have so many favorites on here, but God, that song is so good. It is. It's, and, and it's, and, and it's and, a somber and, moment in like such an oppressively heavy album too. Yeah. Geez. And I mean, you, I just love sitting with that darkness. I can't like when I'm like analyzing myself as I'm listening to it, I'm like, I don't know how I can get this low, let alone Jerry writing this from a place of beyond despair. Yeah. Like why, why can I listen to this and enjoy it so much, even after all these years too, you know, 19 years later, because I remember in December of 2002 was when was when both volumes came out and I listened to this like the week I got my wisdom teeth taken out. So I have this beautiful memory of like, of, like taking a Vicodin oh, and shit. laying on my mom's couch and turning this album on and listening to all of volume two. And it was like Christmas time. So it was just like the Christmas tree lights that were on in my living room and listening to all of volume two. Well, I just kind of like laid there in a little bit of a opiate, days and i was like this is exactly what the world should be <laughs> oh shit <laughs> like i'm 22 years old and i'm now figuring it out i should probably stop doing opiates <laughs> adam adam are you okay you want to talk about it <laughs> um so yeah and then like it just kept on growing through most of 2003 for me and then um so but volume two let's let me again a beast of, of an album in and of itself. Right yeah. Now. So it is just kind of more of what you got uh, from volume one, which not a bad thing, of course, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it still has those cool ebbs and flows, super mm-hmm. heavy, like in, you know, in, in some parts where, right. but it's also not afraid to kind of go a little soft and a little bit more um, mm. like uh, introverted, I guess is, is a good way to put it too. It's just, it's, just, it's, and I think that's what helps, these super long albums like if you can kind of right. keep if it can keep your attention through its ebbs and flows through its highs and lows then i think you've got like you've got something good on your hands and i think and that was my even, biggest surprise with this even a track like castaway like jerry would open his set with that song and it, it seems like such a bizarre opener mm. um but i can appreciate it so much now just because of like like that riff just carries it and it's, it's not even like a big chorus or anything. He's just going, ah, 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 mm-hmm. and, but it's hooky um, in and of itself. And then you just like that, that bass just like, it just flows so well. And like everything about a long album is exactly what this is right here. This is like the Zenith of what I want like doom metal to be as well as anything over an hour. Like when Mm -hmm. I hear an album's over an hour, I'm like, it better be this good or else I'm going to hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think it has that, um, that element or each of the elements I feel like are doing their best while at the same time, just kind of doing its own thing. Like it's not trying to fight for your attention, but because Mm -hmm. each element, like the, like the super down tuned guitar is the super 
funky but also doom metal bass is so good and the songwriting too is so captivating that it's Mm -hmm. like even though it's not trying to vie for your attention it demands your attention because it's so high quality right oh so good dude was not expecting to like this as much as i did that instrumental track number six Mm. yeah oh my god like i'm not expecting that i mean you know obviously the the eps had some instrumental tracks from the alice in chains days but this like that blew all of those ones away. Like so it's almost much. psychedelic yeah. that intru- mm-hmm. instrumental track, isn't it? That when you're listening just to the bass in there. Oh yeah. Boom, boom, and like the guitar is just like it's the, the guitar is like Waylon. Like it's not like mm-hmm. you know it's one of the few. It's not fast. Yeah, it's not fast. It's still slow. Yeah, it's almost like it's singing almost, you know, in an instrumental track, and that's and that's what's cool about that track. Like it's there's no vocals in it, but like you still feel like something is singing to you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's haunting. She was my girl. You, you, you knew she was my girl from back in 2002. That was in the Spider-Man movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. in the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> that is the only I track. I knew I recognized that. Thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like that was the only track that I, I dislike on this entire epic journey. It and does feel radio you know? <laughs> right. Especially coming out of Hertz Donut don't it <laughs> um dun, 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 like no this doesn't fit. This, this shouldn't be here <laughs> sure but you know I, I i didn't i didn't i didn't hate it as much i guess but i, I never do okay. i never really okay. listened to that spider-man soundtrack too much i was more of a scorpion king soundtrack kind of guy oh that's right that's right and then i, I was really wondering what you were going to think about pig charmer because that it's super that long that one sums up like just again that groveling in despair which is like i don't know if we needed if we needed that more an, an album and a half in at this point um, yeah and i love how like the tempo like the especially in the in the drums like kind of goes up it goes down goes up goes down with you know just on chimp pig charmer yeah and i think that's a good song too to like just kind of introduce somebody who might be introduced who might be interested in this song like check out pig charmer right it's got everything it's got pretty much everything you can expect to hear from all the degradation trip songs and all i can think of is just like jerry he went off to the freak the freaking woods and lived in a cabin <laughs> for months yeah and and created these songs and in like probably the not far from the truth. like i'm you know we're 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 in the one of the biggest bands in the world we all have terrible drug addiction problems and yeah. most of us are going to be dead soon my friend lane um, died. like that's yeah well and he i mean lane was just on the downward spiral because this this album came out one month after Lane died. No, oh, right. So obviously it was all written prior oh. to him being dead. Of course, Lane died and they didn't find him for about three or four weeks later. Ooh, shit. Um, so, but, but it's like, you can tell this is all about like just building towards that. Mm. So, ah, oh, man, so good. And then thanks anyway. Track 12 is one of, is like one of my favorite tracks as well mm-hmm. yeah great way it's not the final track but like it's a great way to like end this two-hour journey at this point right if you listen right. to it all the way through right and i I'm, I'm i'm glad you enjoyed it i'm glad you took the journey because <laughs> yeah i, 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 I don't, I didn't think, know how I don't think i would have enjoyed yeah i don't think i would have enjoyed this as much if i hadn't listened to alice in chains before so 
I think good call on like having uh, me yes. check out that discography first, right? Or not? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I did check, yeah. check out the whole discography. Yeah, yeah, it was just the three albums, and then oh no, you checked out all six of them. Yeah, I did. So, I checked out and the, even like the two versions of that band, right? And then th- this is the best produced project of anything he did. Otherwise, like this is much more crisper and cleaner sounding than the house. Yeah. I wonder if that was on purpose or maybe it was just a product of its time. Like maybe just because the technology was better so they could produce it a little bit better. I don't know. Well, and that's what I was hoping when Alice in Chains got back together in 2009, I was like, maybe we'll get like that big bombastic, really good recording quality version. And it's, it's still good, but it's not this bombastic. Mm. So I've, I've always been missing that on the three Alice in Chains albums here so anyway this was a perfect moment in time and i encourage everybody to indulge in that band at some point it's good stuff it's my man. number 57 album these two albums are my number 57 album of all time i could see why brother i could see why it's always at the top of my albums that have just one bad song <laughs> sure. i could never put anything else above it because it is just it's just at that level but spider-man was a great <laughs> moment in history adam you don't understand I movies i know i'm sorry uh so before okay, we cool. end out this week's episode there is one thing that adam and i would like to share uh it's a pretty big deal uh no the you know some of our listeners have done like very very nice things for us right but um one thing i was looking through um my emails like my uh podcast emails and my personal emails and i came across this email from our hosting website to let us know that one of our listeners who's going to go unnamed um but this person knows who they are um decided to uh donate 9.99 a month to us (laughs) just just out of the kindness of their heart right like you know and i messaged that person and i was like is this you? Did you do this? And they're like, oh, like and they're actually, let me, somebody let me... Hack, hack your credit card because um, there's, there's a suspicious charge. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they were like, you know, uh, yeah, that was me. Like I, like I, I noticed this. I should have noticed a support button like a long time ago, which, you know, I just, I just had there. Uh, uh, we, you'll see it in the description of um, our podcast podcast. Uh, uh, show notes and stuff there's a support thing you can go to donate like a single whatever or even like like this person did like 9.99 a month <laughs> but the like but the, the, this person said like oh they're so happy that they can help us in any way you know it goes on to say that both uh adam and i have been great to to them since they joined uh and started becoming a fan uh and you know things like that and you know this they continue to say like these continue nice things but uh i just want to say publicly to this person like thank you so much and i know i sent you a you know a public uh message or a private message as well but like you totally don't have to do this (laughs) and it's incredibly generous and like we definitely do have to think of a way to pay you back in some significant way um you know, you're more than welcome to just keep this as like a single donation. But, you know, this person also went on to say, like, you know, I'm going to keep going on for a while as long as, you know, as long as they want. But like, that's perfectly fine. Person, you know, very, very good friend of the show. Right. So, yeah, we will, f- we will figure out something interesting to do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. But for now, like those, those funds are going to go into like 
our, our, our podcast wallet and it's going to help fund uh, like the, like, like the prize at the end of the year for the, uh, for the draft pick. Um, we're going to think of some other things to do, but we do have to, Adam, we do, we do have to come up with a way to significantly pay back this person for their, for right. their kindness. I mean, it, it made me think that, you know, uh, charging $10 a month to be our friends, would be a good thing mm-hmm. in the long term. As you can um, tell from our Discord <laughs> channel, it's worth it, you know? And that's a discount. That's the friend discount, know. you know? You get access to us every day. <laughs> you get access to both our shitty opinions and our out-of-date music tastes. <laughs> if you like the 70s, you would like this podcast. If you... Like a guy who doesn't really understand emo rap, but will still give it a chance. Join our Discord and give us money each month for it. But, but yeah, we're we're joking, of course. But yeah, we just wanted to say that on the show and thank this person publicly, and you know, we thank them privately as well this past week. But uh, uh, but don't you know us saying this isn't you know meant to you know tell the rest of our listeners that they have to give us money or anything like that like we just we just thought like it was a, a very nice thing because our listeners have done like really nice things for us throughout the you know throughout the years of this podcast as well so just, right. just add it to the list of one of the nicest things people have done for us I, I, yeah i can't think of anything better to say other than that yeah um i mean we'll, we'll make it definitely go towards you know end of the year prizes mm-hmm. you know if, if we can right <laughs> you know? and um and 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 you know if we feel like making the prizes even bigger i guess we could now i guess we could that's, that's true i think we made what about 18 19 last year in ad revenue uh so last just year enough to, to buy that vinyl <laughs> last year we made like 30 something dollars in ad revenue before they cut us off oh, okay the year before that like, was you've like, made enough guys you've made enough money it's time to cut you off <laughs> you guys are too rich no the year before we made like 50 something dollars just on ad revenue so wow. um yeah so we still have some money in our in our in our wallet but uh but yeah but but yeah but one thing that you can do listeners uh, whether you join us on discord whether you lurk on discord or whether you just check out the show week to week there are a few things you can do for us like you know sh- for one, share this show with anybody like-minded. If you have friends or family or anybody like that, coworkers or acquaintances who like this type of music, like what we think, you know, think they might like what we do here, go ahead and just uh, forward the show. Let them know that we're around and we've been around for a while. So there's plenty of content to to backlog. Uh, you can also, if you haven't already, uh, on various podcast apps, I know you can review us in app. Uh, we haven't gotten any reviews in a long time. Again, this isn't to guilt you to review us, but like, if you want to share your honest feedback, it'll help the visibility of the show as well and help spread the show to a wider audience as well, whether it's on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or on uh, Google Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, that, those are two direct ways you can help support us. You don't have to give us $10 a month if you don't want to. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week, Adam. Again, thank you so much for all of our listeners. Thank you for our Discord. Uh, thank you to Dave, who gave us the topic of this week's show. Uh, we, got, we got the busy seasons right around the corner. So um, Man. if you want to have more direct interaction with us throughout the week, again, we said it multiple times, our Discord invite is in the, is in the description of this episode. So we have, we're going to have lots to say. Our listeners are going to have lots to say as well about these uh highly anticipated up and coming albums i'm sure so 
uh, I think that's it. Adam, am I missing anything? I don't think so. I'm ready. September is going to be busy. We got like four albums coming out on September 17th. Oh my gosh. I got five. I've got Don Broco, (laughs) Idola, The Plot and You, Spirit Box, and Thrice all in one day. (laughs) Good gosh. I'll probably skip the Idola album, but that's... That's all right. I thought, well, did that one did that one get pushed back? It, I wasn't sure if it actually happened or not. So they announced the name of it like a long time ago. I think it was even in 2020, and then we finally mm-hmm. got a date. Um, I, okay. I think there was like a label issues or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of big releases, this Friday too, we got Halsey uh, with the surprise album that um, it, it, it it's supposed to come with a movie or something. Whoa. There's supposed to be a movie that's supposed to talk about like all the themes of this album here. If I can't have love, I want mm. power. Again, this is going to be produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, two Oscar award-winning uh, music composers at this point. And uh, Finney Haas, uh, the, nice. uh, a band that's been talked about quite a bit on this show. So their new album, The Fire Itself, is coming out as well. I'm, I'm really hoping we don't have a trash boat incident. <laughs> and this will like, be my introduction like, to Finney Haas as well. So I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> Their first four albums are pretty good. And then this one is just, you fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Jesus, you fucking idiot. Uh, yeah. Well, the less said about that trash boat album, the better. So see you, <laughs> see you guys, see you band, see you album on a future list. I'm sure. For <laughs> my co-host, Adam, I am your co-host, Mike. Like we say every week when we're sitting with our families, listening to amazing Disney songs. Man, I usually just start busting out Jerry Cantrell lyrics. <laughs> listening to those. Wow, this Princess and the Frog movie is pretty heavy, dude. <laughs> I'm a pig charmer, lying filth getting old. I pick and save all my scabs and serve up dinner time ah, oh. my children are covered in purple tongues no we, we, we gotta go we gotta Bye. go 